It's raining. Help me. Hey, everybody, welcome to the app cast. We're talking about some apps today. We're gonna call Leo Laporte on the line. He's gonna tell us something Fuck. old and useless. Because that's would, what he does. I would never call Leo Laporte. <laughs> no, he knows anything. He knows all the facts. Nope. Hello, and welcome to Ramjack and the Panic of the Robot Cocktail Party. Hello, everyone. I am Alex. Joining me today in the Ramjack studio, as always, is Brad. Hi. How's it going? It's going well. Yay. Um, It's going well for me, too. Nice, nice. I got it before I could even say anything. You know, you didn't ask that I would volunteer it. Um, We have a wonderful show for you guys today. Um, uh, this is the last episode of Saved by the Bell proper. We're gonna say goodbye. We've come a long way. We've boggled the Tory-verse. Probably the limits most people would never go to. Somebody had to. But someone had to. You're right. It's time somebody was brave enough to stand up and explain this shit to you. Yeah. And today's the final explanation for that <laughs> before we launch into other things. <laughs> uh, we also get to hear what happens to Mr. Belvedere, as you all know, on the last uh, episode we recounted. Ooh. He was un- Ooh, he's almost deported. Oh, no. So we'll see where that, that rests. Is he going to be deported? Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. But you'll figure it out once we get there. But before that, there is t- all kinds of stuff to talk about. So much to talk about. Brad, we watched a movie together. We did. Um... It was in the process of while we're editing things to kind sure. of pass time. Right. Um, we will get on those birthday picks. Don't worry about it. True. But this was something we just watched in our own time. At least one of us is formulating a plan to knock those out. Yeah. And one of us is going to go along with that plan. Right. We'll see. Um, Theoretically. How's that poster? It's going well. It's going well. Okay. More updates to follow. Theoretically. Um, but we watched Summer Camp Nightmare. Yes. Guys, as you know, we, we end up watching a lot of things from my childhood. And often, sometimes you watch something from your childhood and it disappoints. It's like, ah, that's not as great as I remember it. Mm-hmm. This movie, I remember renting as a young child, probably eight or nine, and I remember it being the greatest movie. Alex, we watched this the other night, and guess what? This is the greatest movie. <laughs> it is. It was almost to our detriment because we were getting work done. Like, this, right. was a, this was a work hangout sesh. Definitely. And you put in Summer Camp Nightmare and all work basically stopped for the entirety of the film. Because you, yeah. you can't not love to watch this movie. Right. Because I, I did not remember a lot of specifics. I remember that it was at a summer camp. I remembered that there was murder. I remember that there was kids uprising and taking over the camp in a creepy fashion. But this thing is a dark little tale. And it's amazing. Yeah. Just, I'll read. I'll read the back of the DVD <laughs> case. Um, I because I purchased this and uh, Never Too Young to Die from a a completely reputable resource on the internet. Despite the fact that this movie has never been released on DVD, they went to good lengths to make it look like a good DVD package. Oh yeah, though. It's very. So I give them much props to that. Again, the black market for DVDs has changed a lot since my days in the field. And it is. It's a. They put on a nice product with a nice cover. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. But I'll read the back here. Violence erupts in a summer camp when a group of boys overthrow the system. Chuck Connors, the camp director, has completely lost touch with the attitudes and interests of youth. Very true. Mm. Enforcing unreasonable restrictions on the campers, resentment against Connors builds to a climax, and the takeover begins. Their revolution brings the maniacal leadership of one boy to a point of madness. And a harmless prank suddenly changes into a nightmare of terror and anarchy. Summer Camp Nightmare is an outstanding film about youth rebellion that follows in the footsteps of such greats as Taps 
and Lord of the Flies. Very true. 1987, Summer Camp Nightmare. And there were some aspects of this film that hit so close to quote-unquote home, and by that I mean actual summer camp experiences, Mm -hmm. that it's kind of believable. Yeah. And that one kid is kind of a Wesley T in the fact he's a sociopath. I mean, he is crazy. And they do a wonderful job selling it. Like, this movie feels very real almost the entire time. I love that every time time Alex would get a little cocky and question something, one second later it would be addressed. And that's something rare in a film. Like, they lock up all the counselors in this, like, uh, in this room that the counselors have been using basically as a prison for the kids. Yeah. Um, And Alex is like, well, why don't they just go out the window? Next line. All right, go get some boards and board up that window. What? At uh, one point, there's a, there's a concert, and like um, the guys are singing, like, two guys playing guitar, and I was like, all right, where's the drummer? Because I hear some drums. Pan over. There's <laughs> <laughs> the guy playing the drums. And the keyboard, dude. I mean, This movie was addressing every question you had. It was spooky. It was kind of creepy. Re- Did we watch this on Halloween? Yes. That explains it. Yeah. That witching hour. As... It was the witching hour, the movie speaking to you, and you to it. Mm-hmm. Who's pulling the strings there? Who is pulling the strings? Pull the strings. Awesome movie, guys. You gotta hunt this up. I don't even know if you can hunt this up. Mm -mm. Impossible. You gotta find it through some illicit means. God. I almost feel like we should properly watch and review this for a random Jack. Oh, it's so good. Because it's that great. So good. It's so it gets so dark, so creepy. And it I mean, it does get really dark and creepy. It makes you ask questions. Can we talk a little bit about that? Let's just go ahead and talk about it. You guys, if you wanna see the movie, you can Find it. <laughs> I guess if you really want to see it, let me know and I'll see what I can do. But you're probably not going to track it down. So let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. All right. We'll get the news and stuff in a second. Yeah. Typical summer camp. Mm-hmm. The only problem is um, they don't really have that much funding to hire the proper amount of staff. Right. Now, as someone who went to a summer camp this summer and was understaffed because camp summer camp counselors ran away or just didn't show up, this is, is going to... In the back of my mind now at summer camp, I'll be like, these kids are plotting to take over. Happen. Yeah. Um, one sociopathic kid takes over. Yeah. Preys on the other kids, uh, purposefully watches a kid drown so we can save him. Yeah. To boost his reputation and to win this kid's favor. It gets it gets crazy. There's some scheming going on. Just terrifying. Like the links that this guy goes to, because this guy's plotting the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he overthrows it and he, like, pulls a gun. He finds the gun and pulls a gun out on him. Ah, oh, yikes. This is gonna happen to you, Alex. This is gonna happen. It's gonna happen to me. Gonna I get, feel like it's gonna happen to me. You're gonna get to camp next summer and there's gonna be like, we had to cut staff and some people left. There's only four adult counselors. <laughs> Shit! But don't worry, we got plenty of junior counselors. Nope. I'll pan the room and see, try to find the counselor that's looking directly at me, making eye contact yeah. with a little. I'll know. Find the one that's reading the prints (laughs) and staring at you. Like, all right, Don, you mean you have three counselors because I'm going to go get help. Yeah. The authorities will be here in a day. (laughs) Yeah. So fucked up. Oh, man. They end up locking up the counselors. The kids are running amok there. Yeah. I mean, there's the sexual congress is breaking out everywhere. My favorite part in all of the film was the fact there was the bridge mm-hmm. that they just didn't chop down, but they left right. it. It's a condemned bridge, basically. Yeah. You can walk over half of it, and then it's just drop off. There's no more. It's a wooden kind of bridge. Right. Well, it's a rope bridge, but it has wooden planks. And it's just, the ropes are there, but a lot of all the planks. So this is what's dividing the chism that this bridge spans over is dividing the boys' camp from the girls' camp. But it's also a metaphor in so many ways because they use this bridge as a punishment system later. Yeah, because basically it's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. All right, you have to cross half of the bridge and then make your way back. 
And as long as you don't uh, fall down the chasm and get killed in the rock quarry, um, you're innocent. Otherwise, you've been found guilty slash dead. We'll let the fates take care of it. They're going back to old school. It's basically witch trials. Yeah. Now, this is important because out of all the craziness that happens in the movie, once the girl camp and the guy camp mix together... Like Brad said, insanity happens. It's a party. Kids are fucking it's everywhere. A party. There's dances. It's like the best camp. Yeah, they bring out one of the uh, main counselors, who's a super Jizo Christian guy, mm. um, and one of the girls does like this dance on him, yeah, basically giving him a, a standing dance. lap dance. Yeah. To which he's like, "This is awkward and weird," but I, okay, yeah. Uh, he gets killed, by the way, on accident. Uh, yeah. Because kids are kids, and you feel that they're children in this. Yeah. I mean, even though they're doing this stuff, it's fucked up. But, um... <laughs> then the rape happens. Then someone rapes someone. That's where everything takes a dark turn. That's when it takes a really dark turn. Because... Because there's a rape. There's a rape. We see the whole scene leading up to it. She's like, nah, I'm not interested. Um, and he's like, no, we're gonna... We're having sex. Yeah. And she's screaming, and, like, people try to come... Yeah, and these, like, two little kids, like, like Moonrise Kingdom style, run over and try to break this up. Um, and it's too late. She has been raped. But the girls want justice, as they should, in a way. Sure. But they. But there's what? There's no system. There's, there's no, no system. So uh, the prince, <laughs> basically, who's taken over, um, holds trial, and they're like, "Well, look, I don't know what to do here." But there has to. He raped her. That's wrong, and it is wrong. All right, we'll put him to the bridge. Let's let the fate. Let's let the bridge decide. It's become our quasi god. <laughs> to the bridge, 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 bridge. So everyone goes out to the bridge, right? Um, and this guy is, you know, a ripped teenager. He's like, sure. fuck it. I didn't rape her. She's lying. What if I did rape her? It doesn't matter. Whoa. Whoa. And it, it gets dark like that. Yeah. So he starts crossing the bridge. He makes it about halfway. Of course, he's got to do some hard climbing. It's not looking good. The girls start throwing rocks that at him. That is my favorite part. I do love that. Because they start just picking up stones and throwing it at him. Yeah. Because he raped their friend. Because he's a rapist. Because the girl who's raped is right there and it's like, this is wrong. Yeah. And he makes it back, of course, because he's strong and he just right. makes it back and he gets off the bridge. He's like, whatever the bridge decided. He's like, ha ha, raped you, got away with it. And nope. the girl's like, no, no, you're a rapist, this is wrong. The girls, <laughs> as a collective group, snatch this dude up and take him off and we don't see him until later when we found out the girls have hung him. What happened in the summer camp? <laughs> it's so realistic. It's and, and the- mob, crazed mob justice. And the sociopath prince just lets it happen because he knew that would happen. Yeah. Because if you throw out some bullshit like, well, let the bridge decide. Look, if he's strong enough, he'll make it over the bridge and back, and you know what? We'll be cool with it. But they say, fuck this system. We're going to do our own thing because that's wrong. And you know what? Now, granted, what they did was wrong, too, because you don't just kill someone like that. Well, and this is why I think Ron Paul would make a great (laughs) president. Let the people, let's get rid of these police and let's just let the people carry out their own justice. But see, and but that movie raises these questions and it's great that it does that. Yeah. Oh, man, this is such a good movie. Um, so good. And the the one kid who's, I guess, like, we'll call him, I guess, the lead character or whatever, the protagonist, the little kid with the glasses, mm-hmm. he's keeping a, a, a recording audio journal. Um, yeah. Before the days of podcasting. It's really just for himself, right, right. I guess. It was, it was, he might uh, play it on, like, what you do over the summer? Pre-podcast. Pre-podcasting. Um, but he has passions for radio. Mm-hmm. 
So he's pulling pranks with his... I guess in even 87, uh, the wonders of magnetic tape were still magical because <laughs> he tricks someone into thinking it's a computer that can do stuff. Like, yeah, there's anyway. all wacky Home Alone-style antics. Yeah, so he starts chronicling everything. And he's the kid that actually comes across mm-hmm. the rapist who's been hung. Yeah. Uh, that's the second murder, I think, so far. Because sure. they kill a counselor that was Super Jizo on accident. Right. Um, everything kind of comes to a head where the camp has infighting and eventually someone has to go to the bridge and they're like, nope, they have a battle and someone gets thrown into the pit or the chisel. Yeah. But he comes out all right. He's like, oh wait, I just, I made it okay. Cause it's not really that deep of a cat. Like it's, right. it's not, it's, it probably wouldn't kill you to fall oh, down there. I could probably fall like suspended yeah. from the bridge, like full length and like maybe drop three feet and stand. Like it doesn't look like it's really that deep. I don't know. It looks like maybe it's about eight feet. Eight feet. Maybe ten. Eight, ten feet. That from like the ground down to the bottom. Yeah. It may have been like fourteen feet. Okay. And that's giving it. Yeah. It's, like is it eight feet it, from like, my feet dangling down? No, it'd be like maybe six feet at most. If you fall, you're you're very likely to break a bone. Oh yeah, well those rocks. Are I mean, everywhere. those rocks. You could get hurt. You could theoretically die if you fell just right. Well, this guy is thrown like. Kicked yeah, over this, this guy. guy. Is, He's head yeah. first into this shit. He should be dead. He should be dead, but he's... Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just, oh, fine. Oh, Cousin Larry, you're okay. I do love in the back, in the last scene, when, like, the adults finally get there. Because they got a radio signal out, I guess, or something. Yeah, glasses uh, finally worked something out yeah. to call the cops. And when the cops get there, they arrest the sociopath, but they also arrest the girl who was raped, because are the other girls who helped kill the guy who was hung. I wasn't sure. I just I saw there were some girls in a police car, but I couldn't tell. It's the same girl, because she has a very distinctive oh. hair. I mean, yes, she's a murderer. <laughs> but there was no system of justice for her. Yeah. I, she was raped. Forcefully she, raped. Right. She was a victim, and there was no system of justice to take care of it. So I, I think you gotta let her off. Yeah. Do you let off all the girls, though? I don't know. This is well, a wonderful... This is actually a good question to think about. All right. Now, here... Okay, here's something that we've been wanting to get to for a while. When they try to charge uh, minors as adults, mm-hmm. I call bullshit on that. Okay. Overall. All right. Yeah, definitely. So whatever they're getting charged with, if they're if those girls are getting charged, calm the fuck murder. down. First degree murder. Would that be first or second degree? Because well, it's thing, kind of planned. It, but again, I think. But they're in a system where there is no. Oh, there is no, no system. There's no system, and I think that I think that changes things up a little bit. And I think you got to take that into account because this crazy Franklin guy removed the system of order. Yeah. So they didn't talk about rape in Lord of the Flies, did they? That's where summer so. camp nightmare exactly. becomes like a real nightmare. What oh. do you do when someone gets raped? Do you hang them? Do you take them to the bridge? <laughs> I know this. When you finally calm the shit down, you don't try them as adults, though. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. When everything's said and done, you don't try those kids as adults because they're children. I like. I hate the fact that that's ever a thing. Oh, well, they did terrible crimes. We should try them as adults. No, no. I don't care what the fuck they did. You don't try them as adults. Because they're not adults. That's why we have that exemption. And there's so many ways or loopholes around that system um, to where a minor will get tried as an adult. Yeah. I know we've talked about this. I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but my no. sister is a teacher. And one of the students that went to the school was involved in a murder. And they purposefully waited and held back his trial until he turned 18. That's... So they could try him as an adult. That's, I, like, why are we so, uh, I, again, we want to talk about justice for a second. Like, the way we punish people, we gotta punish them for their crimes. Let's stop fucking punishing people. Like, why is that the goal of justice, our justice system, is to punish people? Like, the reason we 
put people in jails and prison isn't as a punishment. That's not the first thing. It's to remove them from society so the society is safe from them. Yeah. And, I, and, and being removed from society is a deterrent. I mean, it's not difficult to put ourselves in these situations, but I've never really, even if someone has wronged me, really wished harm on any human being. Mm-hmm. Because that's wrong. Yeah, I, it's fucked up. I don't want to be the monster they are. I mean, okay, that's even wrong to say that. It's just wrong. Right, I, right, right. Uh, there's so many reasons why you don't want to do that. So in yeah. these weird situations... When people get all crazy, like, well, you know what the families deserve? Justice? Fuck off. No. Not the fam- Justice? Fuck justice. All right? You, punishing someone... Okay, let's say that someone kills a member of your family... That's very upsetting. Yes. I get that. Absolutely. It, that person, if you lock them up in jail for the rest of their life, that's not doing anything for you. That's not soothing you. No. I don't give a fuck what the family wants. Fuck them. Too bad. It's awful what happened. I, it doesn't solve anything. I want them dead. They killed someone, so I want them dead. Well, why you're a terrible you want, person. Yeah, why would you want them dead? Listen, just because something bad happened to you doesn't give you an excuse to be a terrible asshole. Yeah. So fuck off. And children... Like, there's a reason. we Okay, we have set, we have set for whatever reason, we've set 18 as an adult. Now, granted, maybe you could say that a 16-year-old and 18-year-old, there's no difference. I agree, sure. Maybe the, it should be 16. Maybe it should be 21. I don't know. But we've created the arbitrary number of 18 as being an adult. And uh, the, even when we're talking about this, that does seem completely arbitrary. It does. But we have to come up, we have to have a setting. And we've decided on 18 and so, guess what? 18 is an adult. You don't get to try, try someone for a crime they committed when they were younger than that as an adult. They are children. They have no real concept of the world, to be honest. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, hell, there's things that I did in my 20s that I look back and I'm like, well, that was stupid. I just wasn't mature. I wasn't cognizant of how stupid a thing I was doing. We all have that. Absolutely. That's And that's why we created a separation between child and adult for sentencing crime. Which, by the way, America, calm the fuck down with sentencing crime. Everyone doesn't need to be in prison for most of their lives for every little crime they do. That does seem like an odd escalation. Like, we overdo it by far. And shouldn't it all be situation-based, too? Absolutely. Especially with, uh, let's say, let's take Summer Camp Nightmare again, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, That girl with the other girls in a, okay, in a lynch mob, did that because they were wronged. I mean, they... Mm-hmm. That one woman was raped, and they were like, no, you're not going to get away with this. Right. We're going to kill you. Now, they over, you know, they went to an extreme with it. Right. Partially, you have to blame their parents for not teaching them to yeah. be sensible human beings that don't murder people. Yes, even oh. when I am in a, a sis, in a place where no system exists for right. any type of law or anything, and we have to make it ourselves. I understand. But they're also 16. They have right. no concept of what that is. Now, should those girls be sentenced to prison for all their lives? No, no not at all. No. Because they were... Again, None of them, Mike. They were in a system... They were with no system. There was no order. And this guy could easily go off and rape someone else again. And probably would. Because he was oh, a really yeah. douchey rapist. I'm pretty sure he was eyeing some of those other girls. There. Yeah. I was like, I have the whole summer. Yeah. Who's next? But at the, at the same time, that's situational. Mm-hmm. Like, of course those girls shouldn't have been. Right. Maybe talk to them. Maybe one of them was like, look, I was raped. And like, okay, 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 we understand. Or, yeah, that was wrong. She was raped. But if one kid's all like, oh, I wanted to kill him. I was the one that put the rope around his neck and then felt his heart as it stopped. I love that shit. Okay, well, maybe that kid needs a little more special attention. But again, maybe, that's, that's not a person that needs to be in prison. Yeah, they don't need to be in prison. They just need help. Right. Like, maybe acclimate them to society yeah. more. Because, again, if there's a crime that's so terrible that a person needs to be locked up for the rest of their life, then they probably need therapy. Because there's something that's wrong. You don't just 
do crimes that are so terrible that the only justifiable means is to lock them up for the rest of their life, unless there's something psychologically wrong with that person. Let's might as well jump into the death penalty right here, uh. because that is insane. <laughs> it really is crazy. It It's, again, on a, if you're just going to a financial level, it's ridiculously expensive to do properly. If you're, if you're in that weird camp that wants people to suffer for their crimes and be punished because you need people to be punished like they're fucking children, killing somebody is nothing compared to losing all of your freedom and spending your life in prison. Exactly. So I, what's to say that someone that did something terrible can't have some possible use in their life to the rest of society. Oh, they could easily have a use to society. I mean, like, they could write a book. How many yeah. books have been written in prison? Tons. Got a lot of time in there. You're saying that no value could come from this human, so you as as uh, a government entity has decided you're going to kill someone, which is insane, which we should never be doing. Not even why not, with drones. Why not give them the choice to work? I mean, yeah. a lot of prisons do that, and I mean, don't force them into labor, but yeah. I mean, if they were like, look, I just want to do a job. Help me out. Why not make them? Why not allow them to make license plates? Sure, our little birdhouses to sell on the side of the road, which is <laughs> what they do in Mexico. Because when I was traveling on the Yucatan, uh, there was a prison that was scary. By the way, there were towers everywhere, and the road got super close to it, and it, there were tons of people there all the time. Going to a cenote and coming back from cenote, it was a little. It was a little sketch. I'll be honest. Um, for Americans just on the road. But we stopped at this uh, little place right by the prison that was like, come buy goods made by the prisoners. And, you know, it goes to a fund to help rehabilitate people, which was wonderful. Nice. Yeah. And there was some cool art stuff there. A little bit kitsch, but whatever. I didn't buy anything, but then again, you know. And again, it should be going towards rehabilitation. I don't understand, like, this weird mentality of, of punishing and justice. Like, fuck off. Like, but where does that come from? Like, we can always say, like, because religion is all about that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, there's so much guilt laid on someone, like, I did something really, really wrong. And a lot of the times, it's nothing really wrong. It's like, all right, you don't know how your emotions work. Oh, you slept with someone that you didn't want to sleep with, and now your relationship's fucked up. Whatever, whatever. Uh, But now killing someone is, you know, emphatically, we can all agree, that's not something you just do. And you and I just talked about that. Don't kill people, even if they've done something like that. Let's rehabilitate them. So does it come from kind of like this kind of strange moral stuff set up by and religions and or any kind of like well and also there's this just mentality that like once someone's been in prison like fuck them it's they're they're bad person no no one can ever change is another thing that's a lot a lot of people struggle with that throughout life like can people change. Yes. Of course they can. People change all the time. Yeah. How much have you changed in your life? How much have we changed since we did this pot started this oh, podcast? Yeah, yeah. I, the you was to the audience, but yeah. yes, how much have we changed since the podcast? Go back and listen to the first couple episodes. Seriously. And the show itself has changed a big I, you Seriously. know, it's gotten better. I would have to say it's more entertaining probably. Right now we're the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> when we started we were middle of the road. We were uh, amateurs. Really. Amateur amateur hour. But I would also say that if you love listen to Love Con <laughs> Amateur Hour. If you listen to the first podcast, which we've been we've been doing this podcast for how many years? Like we started in two thousand nine. So that's a long time. But Definitely. me and Brad have changed as people since then. I mean, huh. It's not and people change, duh. So who's to say people can't change? Since we've known each other, how much have we changed, Alex? Oh, you should be a little tiny Jizo. I used to be. Now you're a giant. <laughs> Quite true. I've changed into a giant who doesn't believe in nonsense. Um, so of course people can change. Yeah, justice. 
fuck that it's shit. It's such a weird thing. I don't even know what that word means. I, I wish I had more conversations with people, and I may actually try to spark this up with this whole theory of, like, this thought of justice. Because I wonder what, like, most average people think about that. Yeah. Because I bet they would be in the mentality of, like, yeah, hang them, kill them. Oh, but they killed their family. Okay. Like, people don't do anything in a vacuum. Like... Yeah, of course. Like, what drove them to do this, and why didn't they have the the ability to to control their emotions to this level. And is this ever going to happen again? Are we putting someone in jail for the rest of their life for an occasion that will never happen again because it was such a strange, bizarre circumstance and, you know, that the whole, uh, um, you know, moment of passion. Oh, yeah, which we should change crime. to Summer Camp Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we should just change that thing. Oh, this is a classic case of Summer Camp Nightmare. Oh, and again, okay, Summer Camp Nightmare. <laughs> Your Honor, I would like to bring up... <laughs> Uh, right here in this book, Marsha could use this. Oh, Ugh. god damn. I love she could shut down. More about that. More about We're going to get to about here, guys, but we need to change that on the books. Talking about Summer Camp Nightmare. So, you've got that guy um, that looks like Larry from Perfect Strangers. Yes. Um, that killed the counselor accidentally. Totally accidentally. Completely accidentally. He had a, he had a blade out. Now, and then we have Franklin, the, the guy that was, like, running the show, masterminding all of this. Technically, except for holding a gun on some people... And um, false imprisonment, lesser crimes. Oh, he's getting off. Oh, he knew that that was, I mean, yeah. Right. The whole time he was pulling the strings there. Right. But you're right. I guess, in reality, that kid would be like, yeah, also, for life. Also, his parents penalty. are wealthy. Yeah, how old is um, he? 16? We can hold the trial for another two years. No. Kill him. Put him on death row. The, the Larry kid. Yeah, the Larry yeah, kid yeah. I'm talking about. But that other kid but Franklin, didn't do anything. Didn't like, do anything. Um, Held a gun on some people, sure. But... His parents are wealthy. Um, he's well-educated, smart. Odds are he's probably going to get off when clearly free. he's committed the more offensive crimes by uprooting society. And he'll do it again. You can tell in his eyes. He, this was practice for him. He's like, all right. But still, does he deserve to be in prison for the rest of his life? No. Nope. charged as an adult? No, he's a child. They need to take him and see why he did all this. Psychological. What's happening. There are psychological what issues. Causes this. But the kid who killed that guy... On accident, mm -hmm. also just needs therapy. Like, yeah. he needs to be, why did you do this? Because that was also an accident. Right. I just, oh, I hate our justice system. And I hate the way people look at punishing people. We gotta punish them. We gotta get justice. Fuck off justice. It, it's all, it's gross. I have hardly ever heard the word justice and not felt gross. Yeah, I mean, there's so much baggage with the term. We need to, we need something else. We need to, like, change the perspective of it. We need to, we need to quit using the word. Yeah. Stop justice. Stop it. Let's call, we're calling for an end to justice and an end to trying minors as adults ever. Yeah. And Summer Camp Nightmare made us realize that. Summer Camp. It was the... Strong broke the camel's back on that. Like, Definitely. Ram Jack's not going to take it anymore. Not gonna, We're not standing for it. <laughs> nope. Nope. I mean, we, we, I, we have personal investment as a podcast. I have as an individual in summer camps everywhere. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to just... You know what? We have to stop, stop the nightmares, it stop stops. the justice. To think that the kids at my summer camp uh, could overthrow the establishment and accidentally kill one of us and they get tried as adults bothers me. Yeah, it should. It bothers me. Not as much as, you know, them maybe actually overthrowing the camp. You know what? We'll take it in stride. We'll see what happens. I won't make the same mistakes these people made, though. Definitely. And a good thing there are no rope bridges anywhere near any of the camps. And I will remain uh, free of summer camps. Oh, fuck that Gaga ball pit. Oh, oh, no! That's... It's over. That's going to be the bridge. It's Put over. him in the guy all pit. If he wins, he lives. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Oh, man. 
Summer Camp Nightmare, though. Wonderful it's, film. Thank you for sharing it indeed. so much, man. Great film. Guys, you got to hunt this up. Just find it. Hopefully it moves you as much as it did us. Indeed. That being said, Brad, there's a lot... That, there's some there's some interesting things happening in the world at large. Well, tell me about them. Tell me about the things. Let's talk about kids and what's just... They are causing a ruckus. Oh, we should put them on trial. <laughs> as adults. In Japan, McDonald's has been running a special sale. Now, you know how, like, in the States, what was it over the summer, McDonald's had the thing like, you can buy any drink for a dollar. Any size drink for I'm a sure dollar. I'm sure you know all about that. I wasn't aware, Olds personally. knew about it, too, because Olds are always looking for a deal. <laughs> they um, love that shit. <laughs> We're gonna go to the Kroger after we go to the McDonald's. They got every every beverage for a dollar. Can I get the high C orange? Do they have that one? I was in uh, a Wendy's um, last week. And you love your fast food sandwiches. Dude, I have so much to do. You got um, so much to do. It's fast food sometimes is a good quick thing. But I was in a Wendy's and there was a whole gaggle of old people rolling in. Oh no. It's the worst. Um, all of them confused. Of course. All of them, re- to the to the point of age where they shouldn't be driving, I'll just be honest. Like, it amazed mm-hmm. me. Like, I hope you guys walked here. Every one of them when they were ordering, I almost started laughing. Started their order with, well, I'm a senior and I would like a number two. All of them started like, well, I'm a senior. To get their senior discount. Like, oh. they just want to out there. They want to get that deal so bad. Yeah. They just want to be like, I'm a senior, by the way. Start out. You better press that senior uh, button. I'm a senior. Press that soon to die button, bitch. Because <laughs> I want my discount on that sandwich. That, well, I'm about to die. And if I could just get a number three with a, without any mayonnaise. That, it's about to die button. Yeah. We're going to change the books to where it's the Summer Camp Nightmare Clause, classic case of Summer oh. Camp Nightmare, and it's not, I'm a senior, I'm about to die. Yes. They would definitely not forget to hit that button, because like, ma'am, do you mind hitting the about to die button? I, oh, God, it's a gaggle of holes. I got to exercise my about to die button finger. Beep, beep. Oh, I'm well aware you're about to die. Oh, um, uh, Well, there's some kids in Japan who are probably about to die for oh, other no. reasons. What are the kids in Japan doing? So McDonald's is running a special sale. All their french fries are on sale for pennies, basically. It's it's 150 yen. I don't know exactly what that equates to, but it's chump change. You are so excited. You want to go to Japan now? Um, nah. I don't really eat that many french fries. All sizes. It's basically whatever you want. You like french fries? Cool. For 150 yen, you can get any size you want. So, of course, these kids are going children because McDonald's over there is, is still fast food, but the co-workers speak in polite Japanese, which is a different kind of, not dialect, but a different version of their language. It, we don't need to get into all the language nuances of, um, I guess, the East, but it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so that itself brings a certain kind of um, prestige to the whole eating experience at the McDonald's oh, of course. in Japan. And what's super important in Japan is you don't waste any food, mm-hmm. and you clean your plate, and... <laughs> You have to be really proper and treat everyone with respect. Okay, I like this. I like the. I like the. I like the. I like the sound of this. Well, the winds of change have approached, and all in those winds are the smell of hot pipe and French fries. Oh no! What kids are doing are throwing potato parties. Uh, kids are getting together. They're pooling their money, and they are ordering uh, for again 150 yen chump change, if you will. Mm-hmm. So many French fries, and then eating them as a group. Can you imagine ordering? 28 large McDonald's french fries, getting two or three McDonald's trays, pouring all the french fries into the trays, and then just having a party. All the kids come, and you take a little bit, and Worst you just party eat. ever. Hey, come down to McDonald's. Hey, we got McDonald's party. Help us finish oh. these 23 fries. Oh, my God. Get, get over here. Get Susan over here. She loves fries. 
Hey, Susan, you and Beck, get over her. We're gonna what? eat. We're gonna. Hey, we got. What? We need help. We need help finishing off these twenty-three fries. Oh my God, you got fries? Yeah, come on down. Is there ketchup? It's a party. Yeah, there's ketchup, bitch. Get down here. All right, I'm coming. So call me a bitch. <laughs> People in Japan are going crazy. They're like, no, no. Um, because first off, to finish 28 French, 28 large cartons of French fries, that's a fucking lot of calories. Like, that's enough for a few days. Just normal. Yeah. And all that salt is enough to... Sodium? All the acrylamide that's in the French fries, Brad? Oh. Acrylamide is something that will give you cancer. Yeah. Um, and it's in any fried potato product. And a lot of fried things, but potatoes particularly, doesn't matter. These kids in Japan are gonna die. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these are also the smaller potato parties. For like, let's just... For $28, you get to throw an amazing potato party. That's the worst party. Um, sometimes there'll be a whole group that get together and they'll like, again, like communally just take a little bit, like hippie it. Like, oh yeah, we got this whole big thing of french fries. Come on down. Um, and they'll just, you know, chill out and just hang out. But sometimes uh, some people will get together and actually have a challenge where it's like, all right, six dudes, uh, 48 cartons of they large all french fries. They all bipolar. We gonna eat these french fries. They started tweeting about it, and people will retweet it. Um, and that's how the fad really started. Just one group of kids got together at this McDonald's and threw their first potato party, and everyone started retweeting it, and they all started throwing their own potato parties. The adults in Japan don't know what's up. How could they? It's the These worst. kids aren't finishing these French fries, and that's bringing dishonor to oh. the McDonald's establishment and to the families of the people who uh, whose children are throwing these reckless potato parties. I mean, wow, man. Why aren't people throwing potato parties in the States? You think kids would do that? I, do you think it's going to come over to the States? No, it's terrible. We have, like, real parties with, like, yeah, like I mean, Coke and Addies. And- <laughs> if, uh, uh, is there cocaine at this? I, like, I look, just these salt-covered, greasy, like, hard fry things. That doesn't sound like a party. Um, How about you kids just go steal some booze or something instead? Uh, it's even more horrifying that that's not really the problem. The, the problem is... the. St- to a lot of the people who find this on Twitter, is there's a difference in the culture. Hmm. Um, apparently, we have been affecting the East, and Japan's portion sizes have getting are getting no. larger and larger, just like in the States. So there's the people who have been raised in that kind of mentality, and then the olds who don't know what's up, and they're all on Twitter because everyone loves tech there. Mm-hmm. So you'll get you'll get things like this. This is a quote from Twitter, by the way. All right. Look, buying 23 large French fries is fine, but you gotta eat them all. You gotta eat every last one. That's dangerous. You don't tell these kids to eat all those french fries. Look, youngins, I know what you're up to. You're not funny. If you're going to get those french fries, you better clear your plate. you got to eat all those french fries. It's like those parents that when they catch their kids smoking, makes them smoke a whole pack of cigarettes and get sick. Yep. Oh, oh, you're, oh, you're going to have a french fry party? Fine, fine. But you're going to eat every one of those fucking fries, and then you're going to have a stroke because of all the sodium. <laughs> like, even just a large order of fries from McDonald's. I don't think I can handle that. That's a lot of awfulness. How about 60 large order of fries? No! For how many people? Uh, 120? See, if you're having 120 people over there, sure. But 60 large orders of fries? That's insane! I hate this. It is weird. Like, 60 orders of large fries takes up a lot of space on the table. Yeah, it does. And these are children, and they're all gathered around. Oh, that is so gross. Some of the McDonald's people who work at... There's also one McDonald's in particular that started the trend, and everyone goes there for it. And there's been employees tweeting, stop, please just stop. <laughs> Which is what I would say, guys. Quit, just stop. Yeah. This is, ins- this is not Kids, good, stop it. guys. I'll buy you some booze. <laughs> let's, let's just get away from these french fries. I mean, 
you know, if kids want to do gross things, like, eat weird shit, and, like, they're little kids, um, don't make a habit of it, but if you want to do something, you're a kid, fine. It's the McDonald's french fries that I have the problem with. It's all the salt. It's so unhealthy and awful tasting to begin with. And their elders are telling you gotta eat every one of those goddamn fries. You order you order 60 fry, large fries, you better eat all of those. Oh, just buy a keg of beer. Let's um, do that instead. Drink a whole keg. Restaurant patrons are complaining because these french fry parties can last for three hours, and it's disturbing to watch these kids shovel fries in their mouth, and also there's a lot of kids around for three hours, and no one really wants that. Nobody wants kids around. Um, just to also give you a scale, 60 orders of french fries, large order of french fries, uh, equates to about a crate of french fries if you've ever seen a McDonald's like full box of french fries. These kids are eating a crate of french fries. Oh, Come down to the party. It's terrible. That's the worst news. Um, it's also horrible because they can't keep fries stocked. These kids come in and wipe them out and they gotta, well, I gotta drop a whole crate of french fries before I can give you your french fries, sir. I'm sorry, but these kids want a french fry party. And the McDonald's is making you money because they cost pennies. Yeah. They're on sale. Thankfully, guys, in case you were wondering what was going to happen to Japan, the economy's not going to fall. Um, uh, this fry fiasco ended in October. So November 1st rolled around, and Japan is saved until next year if they ever do this again. Uh, wait, how is it saved? What's the, It was only a monthly special. Oh, so the, prize, fries the back fry price price. went up. That's These right. kids can't afford a fry party anymore. That's right. Now they're going down to the kids' sizes. 60 orders of small french fries? Well, still I, too many. Yeah, yeah, it's still too many French yeah. fries, but they and that's not as impressive as these giant order. Of All French right, fries. calm down. Yeah, stop. It's calm down. Yeah, Whoa. prices went up. They went up, and those kids couldn't keep up. I'm worried, Brad. Don't don't. I wouldn't try them as adults. <laughs> Even though they have all of the uh, blood pressure problems of of oh yeah of people that just press the uh, about to die button oh yeah they're fucked yeah they are fucked done more children's news which isn't going to shock anybody no because we've known this five year olds are generous but only when they're being watched oh so it's actually interesting that these teens in Japan are sharing their French fries and that's because they have so much money and it's like right. almost a display of wealth like look at all these French fries I can buy oh yeah. Hey, ladies, you like french fries? Ain't nothing but a thing. I got a whole tray of them. Let's check these bad fries. Um, but let's see. Yale University did a study. studied five-year-olds and what was up. And they did sticker sharing. Mm-hmm. And they found out that when an adult is in the room... Yeah, hey, here, have some stickers. Oh, you want to give me some stickers, too? Cool. Wink. Adult leaves the room. Fuck you. Those are my stickers. Summer camp nightmare. It's summer camp nightmare. Summer camp fucking nightmare. Fucking nightmare. Kids are stealing stickers. They're raping each other. They're, oh, go- they're being no. forced onto the bridge. It's terrible. Throwing rocks. Oh. It's crazy. Five-year-olds. Again, I'm going to say, uh, I think a future on with the Ron Paul. I think, it's, I think it's a terrible opportunity that we missed out on if he could have just ran this country and let everyone have their freedoms. Also, kids were more honest when trading between the other kids with stickers mm-hmm. was even even if an adult wasn't in the room, if the other kid could see them trading stickers, they were more honest and also more willing to share. Behind a veil where they couldn't see the other kid, wouldn't even trade stickers. Right. They're like, fuck this. I'm not going to trade you stickers. They're going to look out for themselves. Five-year-olds know what's up. Defo. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's summer camp nightmare made real. That's no big... I mean, we've heard studies about this sure. before. Old but, news. But what we haven't heard studies about... Uh-oh. ...is um, our cousin, the monkey. Oh, the monkey. Uh, monkeys also have a similar kind of thing. I mean, it's a little different in the fact that it's not stickers, but sex. But uh, monkeys will have sex with each other outside of rank, meaning like a low-ranking monkey will have sex with a high-ranking monkey if no one's watching. 
Nice. Monkeys may not trade stickers, but sex? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, is anyone looking? What? How what about you, it? What do you mean? What are you talking about? No, I never, I never had sex with that with that low-ranking monkey broad. No, I've never seen <gasps> this broad before. I would never. I would How, never. An alpha having sex with a gam? No. Oh, please. Oh, she's she's a gutter snipe. Oh, a gutter snipe. Of course you wouldn't have sex oh, with her. Get that ragamuffin monkey out of there. Ten minutes later, alone. <laughs> Hey, what's up? Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Look, you know I'm just saying this shit for my friends? I don't mean nothing. When we get together, it's real. <laughs> the photo Alex just showed me of a sneaky monkey on the sly. Just smiling, beaming, like, did it. <laughs> Secrets. I so banged that monkey broad. You humans don't count. And I didn't know this, but, okay, we all know that in, in monkey, um... Even chimpanzees, there's a hierarchy in there. Like, the alpha male tends mm. to basically allow other males to have sex with other monkeys. But most of it is like, I'm the alpha, all the kids are my kids. Cool. Whatever. It takes a village. Yeah. And the females are like that, too, because there's alpha females. Mm. So the monkey community, um, the high-ranking monkeys really say, okay, like, you can have sex, you can't have sex. Um, and it's much more sloppy than that, because monkeys are monkeys. Right. Um, but... So when these monkeys are alone and alphas aren't there, they fuck all the time. It's yeah. like, yeah, hey, you're a monkey. Hey, what's up? We're just a couple of monkeys just trying to get through life. Let's bang it out. No one's looking. No one's looking. I can bang that ugly broad. Who cares? No one knows. Now, what's interesting in the study is even though they found this out, um, the monkeys aren't actually being sneaky. And I hate to tell you that, Brad. Oh. I mean, they are being sneaky, but it's no, like... It's not like these monkeys are, like, eyeing each other from across the pen and, like, making, a, like, a signal, and they're, like, going off ah. alone into the woods. Uh, the alphas just won't be around, and the monkeys like, fuck, the alphas aren't around. It, okay, it's time. Like, <laughs> the monkeys are just monkeys. It's Summer Camp Nightmare. It's Summer Camp it's Nightmare. It's Summer Camp fucking Nightmare. Everything since we watched Summer Camp Nightmare has become Summer Camp Nightmare. We live in a Summer Camp Nightmare. I, I wonder if there's a day... Like, I, I, I dread the day whenever there's like, all right, guys, the president's going to cover his eyes. Oh, this <laughs> is fucking Easter. Remember we did the whole thing where, like, Jesus dies on Friday and uh -huh. isn't back until Sunday? Yeah. Christians run a fucking muck. Yeah. I bet that's what it's like in the pews. Oh, no. You guys know what happened? Yeah. And, like, people are just fucking each other. <laughs> Jesus is dead. Let's do this. Yeah! Call Barbara! Yeah! Hey, yeah. we just bought like 60 orders of large fries! Doesn't matter, God can't see us! Cool! I'm being fucked by a monkey! <laughs> nice! Bring him along! Cool! <laughs> Dude, it, it's everything is summer camp nightmare. <laughs> everything in our world is summer camp nightmare. Guys, you need to see this movie so you know what's up with the world. <laughs> you really do. Because it's everything. Monkeys having sex when no other monkeys are looking. Kids eating french fries when other Kids not sharing because people aren't looking. It's so summer camp nightmare. There's only one answer, and that answer is justice. <laughs> hard, <laughs> cold justice. It's hard, cold justice from an authority figure. Mm. That's what keeps people in line, Brad. Ugh. From monkeys to children. Fuck and that adults. Shit. How about we all just be a little bit better humans? That would be better. That would be better. You know what? I think that's what we should I do. I think that's the plan. How about, alternatively, we just be better people? Let's do it. Regardless of whether we're being watched by mm. alpha monkeys or, um, well, by camp counselors. Let's be good, for goodness sake. Okay, w one more story, and I hate to bring this up, um, mainly because it involves murder, and we just talked about Wonderful. justice and everything and whatever. Let's get into it. Um, but this involves so many other things. First off, Pensacola, Florida is the location of this uh -oh. uh, new story. So if you're a local there, which some of our listeners might be, uh, we know some of our <laughs> listeners are, um, 
be on the lookout. And I hope you don't have any Magic the Gathering cards. Oh no! Um, a Florida man was beaten to death, beaten to death in his home over his Magic cards. Oh no! My sacred elf warrior! Brad, how much do you think this guy's Magic cards were worth? His entire collection. Um, Let me re-ask this in a different way. Brad, what is the amount of money it would take for you to murder someone with an accomplice and then steal that thing? Oh, well, it had to be enough to have one hell of a french fry party, I'll tell you that. Okay. Well, that, I mean, depends on the year at that point. I, like, is it October? Is the Japanese french fry? Am I in uh, Japan? magic cards? Like, oh, How's the yen trading against the dollar? Like, how much can a magic card be worth? His entire collection, how much do you think it was worth? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I'm gonna go high and say two hundred and forty-seven dollars, Bob. <laughs> Is that? Okay, I, I also love how you dodged the question of me asking you how much it would take for you to murder someone. I'm not gonna murder card. someone. Exactly. Trick question. You passed. Good <laughs> job. Um. But especially not for and Brad's doing that when cards. no one's looking. No one's looking. No one's watching us record no. this podcast. No one is. He could edit it out. I could. I might. <laughs> Don't let him have another real answer. Um, his entire collection was worth $100,000. Was it? Yes. Really? Um, this guy was 31 years old. His name was William. He was beaten to death. Um, now, estimates put the value between $25,000 and $100,000. Um, 25000 best case. Like, who, who's buying? Who's gonna buy them? Also, I know, I know I'm just jumping ahead and you haven't read this, but, uh, what... Let's say you kill someone for their Magic the Gathering cards. Assuming that they're worth that much money, I'm assuming there's probably quite a few of them. How though? How long does it take you to load out all these fucking Magic cards? Because I imagine he is, like, in his basement dwelling, which he no doubt has, is just, like, hoarded out with Magic cards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the most expensive Magic card I can think of may cost a couple hundred dollars. What is it, the Black Lotus or whatever? I, I used to play Magic. We all used to play Magic. Sure. Come on, everyone played Magic back in the day. Sure. Um, uh, so, 100000 25000 I thought was crazy. Uh, I did get part of it wrong. William was actually the murderer. William oh. and his brother Christopher beat this guy to death. I This guy, his name, Dugas? D-U-G-A-S. How do you... What is that? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. His name is Douglas. Well, let's call him Douglas. I wanted to call him Douglas. I was like, nah, I don't know how to pronounce His that. name is Basement Dweller. Yeah, to protect his identity, we call him Basement Dweller. Right. Um, they beat him to death, hid him in like uh, a giant, uh, I guess, one of those plastic Tupperware tubs. And it's in their backyard. I don't think they even buried him. First mistake. Mm-hmm. But then they traveled uh, the south, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, selling his magic cards and making a pretty good living. Really? I like... I just, I can't imagine. They eventually found them in Georgia, and then, you know, obviously they're in prison right now. Hit his body. Ugh. For magic? Like, I... They did it for $100,000, Brad. Well, well, they did it for $25,000. They did it for $3,000, maybe. And maybe the cred that it got them to roll into a magic store with, like, all these high-ranked cards. Hey, you want some magic cards? Cool. But, like, even, like, like, a little store, like... Like a like a game store, like how much money have they got on hand to buy rare cards? Not much, you would think. Maybe they sold them on eBay. But the fact that they traveled around the country did it well country, they traveled around the south is interesting. I I just like I don't feel it's worth it. Dude, I, think about the people who are buying these cards at these card shops now. Now they gotta worry about hot cards. Wait a minute, where did you get this black lotus? Uh these some about these cards don't feel right. I don't feel right buying them. Seems like someone these are these stolen? 
<sighs> no, these aren't stolen. I traded for them. Who's spinning this? Was running out of Magic the Gathering card. Who are these fox? Dude, I don't know. It's twenty twelve. These are these are harsh economic times. I'd like to spend three hundred dollars, please, on the Elven Dragon Master Five Plus. Well, dude, why does anyone oh. spend money on anything? Is a good question. Like, why do people collect comic? Like, why do people collect just random stuff? I will say this about magic cards, though. At least they are a form of entertainment, so you can at least get some replay I, no, value. No, out I of them. completely understand. Like, if you want to play, collect and play Magic: The Gathering. If you want to buy comic books, if you anything, if you want to, but anything, it's yeah. just baseball cards. But it's the, the the amount of. But I'm talking uh, all this money. On cards, it's the on paper it's stock. The amount, like, why, why? When you spend any much any this much money on a collectible, like you are not getting that much out of it. There's no fucking way. Oh, I have the first comic book where Captain America appears and fights Hitler. It's worth five thousand dollars. Is it? How? Why? <laughs> Why? Well, partially because of the brand, and I know you're brand loyal, Brad. I'm so brand loyal. <laughs> That's what it is. These people are so brand loyal to him that, well, of course I want that. How much? Six thousand? Sure. But they get them. Like, brand loyalty, man. The world we live in. The world we live in. The things you can do with money. Money buys freedom. Money buys anything. You can buy an election with money. You can buy freedom with money. You can buy your way out of crime with money. Yeah, I mean, it's a status thing. You're going to buy these useless collectibles that mean nothing. And I mean, I, if you got lots of money to spend and you want to blow it on stupid things, I get that to a point. But what the fuck, humans? It's it's weird. I mean, but the same thing goes for, I mean, taking it to a brand level, like, the fact that certain clothes cost so much more than other ones. Uh, like, oh, what are you wearing? Oh, okay. Bounds of reason. Bounds of reason. Bounds of reason, people. I mean, that's how, that's how you know you're wealthy. How do you know you're a big shot? Oh, you're wearing an Armani suit? Cool. How do you know you're a big shot at the magic table? Yeah, I'm throwing in a black lotus. What's up? I'll rip it up and throw it on the table like the directions say. I don't give a shit. Hey, everybody. Hey. It's just money. It's just a game. Excuse me. Excuse me. I like, to no- I like to knock after I come in. Oh, hey. What's up? Hey, my name is Keith. Um, oh, what's up, Keith? Hi. I just want everyone to know that um, I heard y'all talking about brand loyalties. Oh, did you? Uh, I want you to know that I am the most brand loyal person. I believe in brand loyalty above all else. It's very important to me. So when y'all talk shit about brand loyalty, <laughs> oh, I'm so really, sorry, Keith. It, it hugely upsets me because brand loyalty is what it's all about in life. You don't have nothing unless you got your brand loyalties. I understand. That's why I go to all my family reunions because I'm brand loyal to my family. <laughs> family brand loyalty. I even buy the sweatshirt, even though it's ugly and, and ill-fitting. It looks terrible on me, <laughs> but I buy it because I'm brand loyal to my family. You're wearing it. That's kind of terrible. I'll be honest. You see, it's terrible. I'm not fan of but I'm very loyal. Loyalty above all else. And brand loyalty above even that. I love considering... Thank you so much, Keith, actually, by the way. I really appreciate your input It's here. a pleasure. Uh, but I love considering your family a brand. It's, it is. It's our brand. It's it our is brand, a brand. On, It's our brand on the world. Our genetic brand. And without that, what do we have? This whole blood is thicker than water is bullshit. But brands? Branding. Branding is power. Branding is thick. Branding is thick power. Thick power. Nice. I like to see that you always come to McDonald's. I see you coming down the hallway. And <laughs> I, I see that because Alex is brand loyal to McDonald's. It's his favorite food. I bet if someone tried to throw another kind of sandwich in his face, he would slap it. 
I wouldn't go to a lower McDonald's. No, I don't know what that means. No one does. What's a lower McDonald's? Is a that white a separate? Castle. Is, oh, it's gross. Oh, that's a if separate. If I'm gonna go lame Alex, fast Alex, food, Alex, please do not call that lower McDonald's. That is a separate brand. <laughs> it is, but they're equatable brands. No, there's nothing. No, Alex, when you got a brand, you got to be loyal. There's nothing equatable. <laughs> to any brand? Yes. I buy Tide, and I also buy Downy, because I'm brand loyal to the brands, all of them. The thought of brands. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. This sounds crazy talk. You buy Tide. You don't buy Tide and Downy. <laughs> you don't buy Snuggle and something else. No, you buy one. You buy Brand Loyal. Okay. That's how you live your life. Um, I was mistaken, and I'm sorry. Thank you. And I will be Brand Loyal from here forth. Well, that's good. And all right, I'm going to go back down the hallway. Werner Herzog and Bane are making cookies. It's <laughs> nice. wonderful. I'm very excited. I thought I could smell that from here. They invited me over in their toll house, and that's my brand, so i got to go. <laughs> Brad, you always miss the, some of the best guests we have on this show. I, well, you know, they just... These, I, I, Alex, I live in this apartment, you know? <laughs> these people just... <laughs> I mean, I know the, the cast of characters that just... CTOB, yes. They just, you know, I know them. I know. I know all about them. I love that brand loyal guy. You got to. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's serious about his brands. That's how those Japanese kids would roll up to the olds. It's not about disrespect. It's not about finishing the food. It's about being brand loyal. Definitely. So much craziness in the world today, guys. People getting killed over magic cards. Japanese people eating four days worth of calories. I just wish we could go back to a simpler time. I do too. Well, what's stopping us? I think we should. Let's do it with our pal, the, the deported illegal immigrant, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China never mattered before. Who cares? This is also a classic case of. Uh, I almost said monkey shines. <laughs> this is a classic monkey shiner. <laughs> because I was, because I was thinking of also, um, in a way, it's the classic monkey scenario of authority. Because a lot of shit happens this episode because Mr. Belvedere isn't there. We, we find that out later, but I don't mean to True. spoil anything. But I just since it was fresh in my mind, we good. Don't forget about the prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I can do this. All right, guys. Um, every week we get together and watch these shows and one of us in turn gets to summarize one in a minute Brad are you ready I think I am ready this is an important episode it's deportation part two yeah I know it's a two-parter um, on go three two one go all right it's deportation part two mr. Belvedere is in jail with some crazy characters everyone's worried about him Wesley T feels terrible everyone's kind of mad at Wesley T um, so they finally, apparently after like a day, they've already hired like a, a replacement. Uh, they go pay Mr. Belvedere's bail. They bring him home. He's like, what the hell's with this bitch? She is lazy and awful and does not care to be a Charles or slash Belvedere. So everything's going bad. He's, he's going to go to point trial in a week. He goes to trial. He tries to pull all the shenanigans he can. They're still like, nope, fuck you. This shit ain't going to happen. Sorry. You got to leave. So Mr. Belvedere is deported. So three months later, Wesley T's run off a lot of uh, new housekeepers because he's awful and he has a snake and he's just evil. Uh, the house has gone to hell. And Mr. Belvedere shows up because he pulled some string and I guess paid some people off and got his green card. So now he's officially legally there, uh, able to be there, I guess. That's Mr. Belvedere. 57 seconds. Well done. All right. Um... Got it. Oh, do you forget about something? Did That's cool. Us. We'll get to it. It's cool. We'll get I'm to sorry. it. I'm sorry. Hey, 57 seconds. You had a few more seconds, but hey, it's fine. Hey, it's fine. <sighs> I'm sorry. 
It's all right. Sorry. There's one thing Alex specifically said. Hey, don't forget to mention this. And he forgot. <laughs> and I it. forgot to mention it. Hey, man, it's cool. Oh well. Um. So we were at the edge of a cliffhanger, and seeing the previews for this episode on last previously on Mr. Belvedere is awesome. Yeah. Like there were so many things that randomly they threw at you that I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Like, is Seriously. this going to be like a, a is the second part like a two hour movie? Like, what is this? Yeah. Um. And the episode didn't disappoint. We've got some crazy insanity happening here. Seriously. It seems like he's only been in jail overnight. Yeah. And they went to bail him out the next day. Yet they've already hired a replacement. Yep. Had her on the books. You're ready to go. Yeah. It's like, wow. If it's something that George and Marsha are not going to do, it's take responsibility for their children to help raise them. Definitely. Or clean their house. Seriously. They're above it. They're living in a summer camp nightmare mentality. Doesn't matter if they're bouncing checks. <laughs> To pay for said, uh, I guess, I guess housekeeping. Yeah. They will have someone do that for them. Ain't that America in the 80s? I mean, come on. Ugh, gross. It is gross. But, but yeah, already replaced Belvedere. Already. And I, you know what? After seeing something that's going to happen later in the episode, I can't blame them for wanting to have these people because they do not know how to clean anything. No. And kids are going to be crazy. Well, before Mr. Belvedere came along, the streaks on the china didn't matter. You could drop kick your jacket when you walked in the door. No one glared. I don't know what that means. Drop kick your jacket. I guess I, I just imagine like you take your jacket and you drop it and you kick it. Yeah. Stupid jacket. Stupid jacket. And no one's glaring. Though someone, if you kick a jacket when you walk in a door immediately, someone should glare. Wesley. Hey, why are you kicking your jacket? Fuck off, mom. Whoa. Hey, put pick that up and put it in a closet. That's what Mr. Belvedere is there for. To say, hey, hey, hey. Don't be crazy. Put that in a closet. Pick up that jacket. Yeah, I mean he's he's there to he's there to be the authority. The china, the dishes look ridiculous. Yeah, streaky. That's not doesn't gonna fly. He's their well, alpha. He's the alpha male they need. Definitely, because the Owens are basically monkeys or five year olds. Yes, I mean it's that easy. Yeah, it's that simple. So Belvedere is in in jail mm-hmm. uh, with the other people about to be deported. And everyone looks at him like, what? What are you doing here? But it's all a game, because Belvedere is running the place before he leaves. Of course. Um, he has arm wrestling competitions uh, and wins. Of course. Easily. I think he has, like, a carton of milk, which I guess he won off someone, and then, like, maybe a ho-ho or something. Some yeah. sort of, like, little Debbie treat. He wins Oy. off someone, and Belvedere loves his treats. Oi. So the Owens are going to do their best to save Belvedere. Marsha is playing it, being a lawyer again. She's pretending to be a lawyer. She's looking through the books to find legal... Ugh, Scouring the down. books, and she goes there to help. They go to the jail to help broker his... I almost said escape, but actually <laughs> his, uh, his his bail. bail. Yeah. yeah. Wes- Wesley um, plans to like help him break out. But Belvedere's like, look, calm down, kid. You crazy little bastard. <laughs> Let's calm it down. Kevin and Heather have been looking through the law books because clearly they're going to be better than Marsha, who's useless. And they're like, oh, we found we found some possibilities. One, oh, you could adopt him. <laughs> I love that they find these possibilities because mom is like, oh? Like, oh, I couldn't find any. Like, Marsha, you suck at being a lawyer. Marsha will never be a lawyer. Never be a lawyer. Never. If at some point in this show Marsha becomes a lawyer, I will be blown away. God, but at least the kids are trying. Like you said, Wesley brought like a bag of things. I thought it was like a bag of special treats for a second. And it was like mm. the guise of it. Right. And Belvedere's like, I don't need your treats. Don't worry about it. But yeah, so they can either adopt Belvedere. Which leads to a real awkward moment where Belvedere calls George daddy right up in his face. And it looks like, like creepy. Yeah. It's creepy. Then they're like, well, also you could get married to an American citizen. 
which gets some wheels spinning in little Wesley T's head. Um, he goes and finds this really nice lady that was just hanging around downtown, maybe waiting for a bus or something. Yeah, all those women that were hanging downtown. I you saw know. them when we went to go pick up Kevin that one time when he was living downtown and playing football yeah. to get the Letterman jacket that Dad always wanted. We don't talk a lot about that episode. Oh. But, but yeah. I saw those ladies. Yeah, and so I asked her you know, if she would marry you, and he said, yeah, for 300 bucks, she, she would definitely be your wife. Doesn't cover the honeymoon, though. Does not cover the and honeymoon. And it does not cover photography. Right. But, yeah, so Wesley's brought home a whore. Yeah, in Belvedere's room, which mm-hmm. I love the line, Wesley, is this my going away present? <laughs> <laughs> and she is just, I love when they shut the door to go out in the hallway and talk, because she kind of, like, looks off and, like, is staring into space and, like, <laughs> is smiling or something, and it's it's a little unsettling. It's like, oh, she's... She's on something. Did she drop acid? Like, Well, as a person that's been kidnapped by whores before, uh, very accurate. Oh, yeah. Very accurate. Nice. Oh, a terrifying ordeal. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, but one of the best stories I've ever heard. It anyway. is one of the best it's, stories. Yeah. But still terrifying. Damn you, Chloe! But don't you wish Chloe's having, like, at least made it? Like, she's okay now? She's made it. <laughs> I hope Chloe it's made it. She made it! Like, she's just, like... She's got a reality show. She's got a reality show. Or, like, she's somewhere else That's what not, makes it memes now, by maybe the way. She's in, maybe she's in Vegas, working that strip. Like, getting into the... Uh, sh- maybe she's becoming a showgirl. I don't know. Well, I, That's what she's done. Maybe she's not giving hand jobs anymore. Our blowies. Someone questioned that, like they had never heard the word blowy. They were from Australia, right? Or like they visited Australia? I don't know. Because that's I got that from Australia Cosmo, by the way. Oh. Um, blowy. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Um. So anyway, no one's gonna need more blowies here because Belvedere is like, nope, sorry, not interested. Kevin on the other hand is like, hey, this is this could this could fix my problems. Yeah, this could fix my problem. He got turned down, didn't he? Call someone. Because while Beverly comes back, we also see the other alternative housekeeper who doesn't care. No. She's got a lot of fagging problems. She smokes in the house. Obviously doesn't care about the health of anyone. Uh, Kevin's had trouble like getting a date with this girl, and he like hangs up, and he's like, I don't know what to do about this girl. It's cool. She seems to like me. But when I talk to her on the phone, she doesn't want to date me. And the housekeeper's like, we're having fish sticks for dinner. Oh! Shot down. He's like, That's all right, smart. you're not going to be a Belvedere replacement. You aren't going to be my Charles slash Belvedere. <laughs> I love that we watch television shows about older, like, just dudes being, like, nannies. That was a thing in the 80s. It was men taking care of children and becoming part of the family. Who's the boss? Charles and Charles. <laughs> Mr. Elvity. We're going to have to do who's the boss. We're going to have to eventually. eventually. I mean, come there on. There were times I lost a dream of two. We're going to knock out all, that whole genre of television, which is men strangely coming to help take care of other people's children because they can't handle life. God, I want to watch at least one. I want to watch a one-off of My Two Dads. Which oh. Is Similar in a way. I mean, this little girl who needs father figures. There wasn't enough father figures in the 80s. Not enough alpha males telling you when, who to have sex with, or trading stamps or stickers properly. It's a weird time. Bonkers. Bonkers. Uh, Belvedere issues her her out. There's a funny thing where he doesn't want the parents to know that she's a whore because the parents come in right when she's leaving. And he's like, thank you, but we don't need any um, books sailed to us today. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. Door-to-door book salesman. Those exist. Well, dictionary salesman. Oh. She was a dictionary salesman. don't need that. Encyclopedias, no. maybe, but not dictionaries. Come on. Everyone has a dictionary. Ah. My phone has four of them. Seriously? The internet is a dictionary. Yeah. Google, you type in define in a word in Google, and it gives you so many definitions. Yeah. Don't bing that shit. Oh, can you imagine the nightmare of, like, define a word in bing? Ugh. Jonathan knows what's up. Oof. Mm-mm. 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 
Ugh. It's finally time for Belvedere to go to trial. He's he's got his books. He's he's trying to pull some game. He's like, listen, I'm just a I'm a coal miner's son, just a simple man. Oh, uh, by the way, if we uh, look at statute uh, three forty three <laughs> in the United States versus. All right, Belvedere. Goes on a long ordeal. They cut away. He's still, like, throwing out uh, cases. And Judge is like, all right, um, none of this applies to anything. Or does it? And he brings up another thing. Can we stop for a second and talk about the guy who got deported before him? Um, the Canadian fellow. Yeah, what the fuck was this? She's, he's begging her, do not send me back. Don't send me back Please to Canada. Please don't export. She's like, dude, you live in Canada. He's like, I know, it's cold and it's boring. Get him out of here. Um, fuck off, dude. I will go in your place. You stay You stay here in the U.S. I'll, I'll go up north. Canada was a wonderful country. Get me out of this drone hellhole. But that guy is forced to go back to Canada. He starts talking about, will you let so-and-so stay? And he's talking about all these actors. Yeah. Alan Thicke, Alex Trebek. Woo! So he's deported immediately. Chopper, they're on a boat. Um, so that's when Belvedere gets up and does this whole spiel. And eventually they do something like, and this... I don't know if this is an actual law clause now, especially, but they said, look, it's all right if someone works without a green card um, or without a visa if they're performing a task that no other American can. Right. This is the loophole they're going to figure out. Right. So they're trying to push that all the that whole family is is speaking to the judge. Like, hey, judge, listen, listen. Kevin rolls out, uh, I was an alcoholic. <laughs> I had a, Kevin, calm down. You were drinking beer for a week. I had a drinking problem, and without Mr. Belvedere, I would still, I would still be on the sauce. Yeah, yeah. And then Wesley T. rolls up and starts talking about his stuff. Like, I'm a sociopath, and if Mr. Belvedere wasn't here, I wouldn't know what what to do. I'd be a regular summer camp nightmare. And he's like, okay. And then Marsha stands up for a second. Well, if I could just, I'm a, I'm, I'm a student lawyer. And they're like, sit down. Sit down. Come back when you're a real lawyer, bitch. Yeah, yeah basically they say yeah. that to her. The, Heather didn't say anything about, um, oh, Mr. Belvedere saved me from being almost raped a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes from my family. Yeah, I really wonder if they cut out what Heather said, because Heather doesn't really say anything. Yeah. She had on that weird green sweater thing. And at one point she has on this, like, I guess 3X pink jacket. Yeah. It's so weird. It's bonkers. Uh, George stands up, though, and is like, look, I don't know how I would live life without Mr. Belvedere. Without his sweet caress. Without his sweet... The way he calls me daddy. It's the Ugh. first time, like... Ugh. And hearing Kevin and Kitten and Wesley T say it is not the same. Yeah, it's weird. But then the judge's like, listen, um, this is all pleasant and all, but laws are laws, bitches. We can't have this shit. Sorry. Out. And Mr. Belvedere is deported. He's deported. <laughs> and everyone is distraught. He's like, I've never been one for long goodbyes, but see you later. Bye. <laughs> and he's gone. Gone. The kids are devastated. Wesley T's lost his only friend. Cut to the Owens residence three months later. Three months later. I would like to promise the Ramjack audience that when Knight's Network lands with the Belvedere's, we're going to explore those three months where Belvedere was out of the country. What was he up to? What happened at the Owens house? Because yes. there's a lot of questions I personally have. Definitely. Because Mr. Belvedere, I guess, either left everything or packed up. Well, he, he showed up with one suitcase when Mr. Belvedere moved in. Yeah. So I'm thinking he somehow magically stows everything in that suitcase. He's a Mary Poppins. Right. Um... But all he has is photographs, so either... I don't, I don't know what's up. Who knows, but... Um, but what You know he didn't take that seal back to oh, England, the, so the that, seal's not there the whole time. That explains why the house is such a fucking mess. <laughs> okay, apparently they ran off, like, five housekeepers. Yeah. Because Wesley T keeps doing horrible things. He has a snake. Yeah. Like, oh, no, copperheads in the kitchen. Like, yeah. a live snake. Brad 
recoil a little bit, like when it came on screen. Yeah, I was fine because I've I've looked into the face of a snake before. I panicked, and you know, we all know what the story is there. Right. But I also looked immediately at its eyes, and it had the round eyes, which means it's not poisonous. You looked at, you looked into that snake's eyes and knew it was a good person. Yeah, you're a regular George W. Bush <laughs> looking at Vladimir Putin. You're a looked, good guy. I looked into his I looked into his eyes, and so he's a good person in his heart. Well, that doesn't work. <laughs> That's not a thing. Also, he's. Vladimir Putin, he's like really terrible. <laughs> he's like an awful human. Yeah. But so were you, so I guess. Cool. Yeah, you know, look in his eyes and I saw myself. I'm a terrible person. Yeah. Um, but the snake had just round eyes and no slit, so I knew he was safe. So I was going to get hurt. If I bit me, I wouldn't die. Still a snake. I think it was like a, a small constrictor, which because it was around Wesley's Ugh. arms, and it kind of looked like a boa constrictor. Ugh. Whatever. Wesley runs off, puts it in a bag. Like, I don't know where this is going to go. The house is a fucking mess. Yes. And the woman has, like, the, the housekeeper has left, like, the ki- there's stuff on the stove, like, starting to boil over, because apparently she has just been run off. Despite that, the house is a complete mess. So, Correct. what's this bitch been doing? I'm glad she's gone. She was terrible at her job. I mean, stuff everywhere. Yeah. Like, nonsensically, like, on stairs, just like... On the clock? On all on the, the clocks? On the clocks? Why were you drop-kicking jackets under the clocks? That's weird. It starts to snow outside. Oh. And the kids get a little whimsical. They're like, oh... Remember that time Mr. Belvedere came when it was snowing and Dad almost kicked him out? But we didn't let him. Oh. And then he found my hamster. And then Kevin's quick to be like, the, the strong, older kid, look, no kids. We got it. We're going to survive. We're going to make it without Belvedere. We can't reminisce on the past. No more mis- nostalgia. Who's that at the door? Oh, who's that? Who's that? Uh, Medi, come in. Ah, yes! Happy ending! Oh, yeah. Everyone goes nuts. Apparently, Belvedere just... He worked the system and like got bumped up in immigration, and now he's legally immigrated to the yeah, United States. Yeah, George even calls him on it. Like, well, doesn't it take, like, months for that? Come on, guys. He's Mr. Belvedere. First off, he's a fucking... He's rich, mm-hmm. and he has connections to the Queen of England. I think he can get his... Yeah. Grandma. I mean, all of that stuff at the court was a formality. I mean, he was just doing that for fun. Like, could I weasel my way? Can I... Indeed. Ah, they got me. So, it took three months, but he's back, and he's got a green card now. Dinner's gonna be ready in three, 30 minutes, I guess. Bam. Get ready, kids. So, yeah, everything's back to normal. It ends with... I also love when Belvedere, not Belvedere, but George comes down the stairs and sees Belvedere again. He's like, oh, oh no. Oh boy. That took me three months to get over you and you're back. You're back and my heart's a flutter. I don't right. know what happened. I, I, oh boy, those butterflies are back. That special feeling I get. Oh no. It was almost like in Quantum Leap when it's like, oh boy. It was that same kind of, yes. uh, that same kind of feel. Like, you know, it sucks to time travel like this, but I love it. <laughs> what kind of mess am I in now? Oh, boy. Time travel's crazy. Belvedere's like, time travel. Right. Um, so, it's the end. Belvedere's back in his room. Everything's the same. Oh, uh, he's writing in his journal. He's like, oh, it's been a while. I haven't I haven't written anything. Not much has happened in the past three months. You were deported and went back to England. I'm sure something happened in those three months. This is when we realize that the journal is like another character in the show, and Belvedere's just lying to it. Right. He doesn't want to hurt its feelings because right. he didn't have it. Apparently Clearly. He was just there. Clearly. So, but then he, then he says, you know, I might even become an American citizen. <gasps> but what would the queen think? And then there is this weird moment where he looks over to his photo of the queen, and he's still in the frame. <laughs> and he does the weird Belvedere smile. <laughs> Not like the menacing Belvedere, like, ah, I've got you, but more like the, ah. <laughs> It's amazing. It's, yeah. Alex, who won and who lost this episode, Mr. Belvedere? <laughs> that is a good question. Marsha lost. 
Definitely. Marsha had an opportunity. <laughs> Marsha had an opportunity to shine as a lawyer and failed on all accounts. Absolutely. Her kids did. were finding stuff in her law book she wasn't finding. That's true. She's so useless. She's not. No. Ugh, She'll fuck never you, be a lawyer. You lose. She was bested by the judge. Mm. She's like, shut up, bitch. Who won? Now that is a good question. Let me propose this. Okay. It's possible that Wesley T won. Not only did he get to terrorize the, all these, you know, random um, housekeepers, but also in the hubbub of Belvedere being deported, everyone seems to have forgotten about the fact that he cheated on his history <laughs> test, which is what started all of this. If we carry this over from the first episode, but also from the first episode of this two-parter, mm-hmm. Wesley T is the clear winner. Yeah. Wesley T has... I don't know what he's going to do when he gets all... I really want to know what... I want a Belvedere sequel where we find out what he does as an adult, because he is going to do some crazy stuff. Indeed. Definitely Wesley T won. Wesley T won. I'm all sure right. he'll get a dog in the end. If he got a snake, how, where do you get that snake from? I know. He can't have a dog, but he can have a boa constrictor? Yeah. What's that about? Yeesh. He won. He got a better pet upgrade. Indeed. For his he probably stages. already he probably already killed the puppy. He oh, probably got no. a puppy. They felt bad that Mr. Belvedere was exported and he was feeling sad. They got him a puppy. He murdered the puppy. Yeah, the puppy bit him on accident once and, you know, he got a bowling tractor and killed it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That's Belvedere. That's Belvedere. I will say this really quick. I love when he was writing in his journals that he called the states the colonies. Yes. And I think I'm going to start calling us the colonies now. Do it. Uh, just for old times' sake, I guess. I. <laughs> well, things are weird here in the colonies. Oh. That's how the colonies would do that. Dude, you live in the United States. I know. But I think of it so archaic with our weird system of justice that I'm calling it the colonies. Justice. As a protest. Well, you know what? I think you should be punished for saying that. I think you should I think you should be punished for saying something I don't like. Mmm, justice. I want justice, Alex. What about the soldiers? You think about them? <laughs> they fight for your justice so you can have your freedom and you sit here talking about the colonies. I think you should pay for that. Take him to the bridge. <laughs> and I have to cross. Like the, the rolling bridge has been destroyed. <laughs> and I have to walk in and then come back. Right. I'm dying, guys. I'm just going to say it. There's Sorry. no way I'm going to be able to cross the rolling bridge. That's right. Not happening. Well. Not in this weird. Then maybe you're a witch. <laughs> Everything about that? I can be a witch. I'm going to get a group of girls. They're going to hang your ass. <laughs> he called the states the colonies. Well, he made it across the bridge. Nuh-uh. We- no, it's a lynch mob. Brad, help me. Sorry, justice. <laughs> what can you do? Justice. Oh, man. I'll have a french fry in your honor. <laughs> french fry? My apologies. Uh, I'll take a large freedom fry, please. Mm. More like it. Hey. Oh, is, is someone at... Oh, I hey. Don't, I just want to say, I, heard, I, was, I was overhearing. <laughs> and I just want to say, I don't think you should call them freedom fries. I think you should be true to your brand. My, I'm sorry. Keith, Even in joking, right. I think you should always say McDonald's French fries. McDonald's brand French fries. Because that's your favorite. That's your brand. Right, you got to be loyal to that shit. I apologize. I was wrong. Yes. Keith, sure. thank you very much. I appreciate this. Thank you. All right. I'm going home now. <laughs> i got to get into my Sealy Postropedic bed. Farewell. God, he is so brand loyal. He is so brand loyal. Sealy Postropedic. Always getting it out there. You think he's sponsored? <laughs> Oh, I think we're gonna get our answer. I want you. I'm, I'm not a sponsor. I'm not a paid. I'm not a paid advertiser. I'm just a man, a simple man living in these harsh times, just trying to be brand loyal. Because that's all we got, you know. That's all we got as people is our brands. That is well said, Keith. Thank you. I'll be going now. Getting my silly apostropedic bed. I guess because if he was sponsored, that would like bring into question his loyalty. 
because they'd right. be paying him. Right. So of course he'd ne- he would no, never. He's, he would he, always take the high ground. Never take. Always the high ground with Keith. Never taking that sponsorship. Always the high ground. I like that Keith kid. He's he, he's a good guy. He's loyal. Well, Alex, uh, I think you're ready to uh, join us on the West Coast to say farewell, a heartfelt farewell to the kids on Saved by the Bell. It's the last time we're going to have to hear that awful theme song. <laughs> this may very well be the last time I ever watch old school Saved by the Bell, unless it's like on accident. Oh, because I mean, who goes out of their way to watch Save by the Bell but us? Come on, yeah, I, it, it's oh, a treat. It is a treat. And what's awesome about this episode is we actually get to see stuff that happened in the seasons that we actually didn't watch for the show. Indeed. So that's great, Alex. That, um, you're going to have the wonderful pleasure of summarizing the episode time capsule. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. I think I, I think I want to try to do this. I think you can do this, Alex. I think, I think you can it, do it. I think it's pretty easy to do. All right. Well, I'll count you down. Three, two, one, go. The year is 2003, a decade since the Saved by the Bell crew has graduated, and the new uh, Bayside uh, friend group has found a weird time capsule thing buried underneath the football field. Uh, okay. Um, and Mr. Bell like, opens it, and it pop in a video cassette because those kids back in 1993 sure were clever with their senior project um, so they pop it in and then we have the whole Say by the Bell guys reminiscing about everything that's happened in their years there um, uh, we get to see everyone the Max Max is back uh, we see a highlight reel um, we hear a lot of the things addressed in the show um, it's I mean really that's all that happens uh, we also learn that everything never changes uh, because we have the same types of people still it, all that to say, it's very heartwarming. It's fell, and we get to see inside people's dreams. And at the end of it, I say by the bell ends. That's say by the bell. I, that's it. Fifty-seven seconds. Alex, you forgot to mention the most important change. <sighs> Mr. Belling has a mustache, <laughs> an awful, terrible, fake mustache. That's how we know something's up because he also is graying here. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a nicer suit on. Yes. Uh, it's almost a, even a more modern color because it's like that charcoal gray suit. Mm-hmm. So that actually is interesting. Awesome. Um, I love that it's 2003. It's 2000. And th- that's a year after Brad and I graduated, by yeah. the way. Um, and these kids roll up. Oh. And they have this time capsule. And a VHS tape. Because, again, I, I thought it was going to be later. than I thought it was going to be more than 10 years. I thought it was going to be like 15 or 20 years. 2135. Like, right. it's going to be the future. <laughs> like I It's just- building bot. I don't know. In my mind, I just thought it was going to be something a bit more ridiculous. I thought it would be really close to now, but I thought it would be like, you know, like 2015 or something wacky. But no, it's just it's just 10 years, so it's not that crazy. <laughs> it's still feasible that they had a v- VCR in the classroom. Well, it's also feasible, given given what we know about the Save by the Bell universe, in retrospect, mm-hmm. that they know who Screech is because he's vice principal of Bayside <laughs> for a long time. And he could still be vice principal. Um, so there's that. Well, Alex, I think what you, which I think what you don't know is that Screech died uh, about three years before this. So this class has no, doesn't know Screech at all. Because they also say something during the middle of watching the whole video that the Say by the Bell crew uh, left mm-hmm. to Bayside. And it's also interesting that they're the only ones that got on this tape. There's no ox. There's no <laughs> yeah. uh, ghost. There's no it's nerd. Mr. Belding's favorites yeah. made a video. Where they mem- where they reminisced about things, and they told things that I don't think you would really tell in a well. They showed things that'd be impossible to show unless they did reenactments. <gasps> yeah, 
Because this is this is a weird clip show. Of all the clip shows, this is one of the weirder clip shows. Because it's... The show's over. Like, yeah. it ended. Yeah. That's the f- first weirdo flag. Right. Um, but it's like, hi, I'm Lisa Turtle, and boy, I had a lot of fun at Bayside. I remember the weirdest thing there was Screech. He was really <laughs> annoying, but sometimes he was nice. And then we see a bunch of clips of Screech. Like, why is that what you leave in a time capsule? <laughs> hey, yeah, there was this one dude in class, super weirdo, but sometimes he was cool. All right. Roll the clips. <laughs> Roll the clips. Some of which are dreams. Yeah. One time I had this nightmare about Screech. So does that mean she's telling the story of all these things that happen? And then I had this one time I had a nightmare about him? Um, listen, people. This is just a general statement. Um, don't tell people about your dreams because it's usually boring. Most of the time, no one wants to hear about your dreams unless it's a really good dream. And I love... Because if you want to... If you want to think of the fact that everything they're showing us is actual stuff on the video, then they did take the time to use shitty 1993 video effects and for them to recreate the dream. I don't think that's the show. I, I think, mean, that's not what's happening. I but. think they're just telling it, which makes it even more bizarre. Yeah, it's, It wouldn't make more sense if these were just clips they had of like... Like there's this one time I had a nightmare about him. He appeared in my mirror <laughs> as a giant face. He appeared in my doll that I still sleep at with. Don't tell strangers about your dreams. They don't even know you. But I, it is interesting to, to bring up another point really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a common thing because most people's dreams are just horrible. Right. Um, and no one wants to hear about your dreams. But I have found that if people are really good storytellers, or even if they're not, uh, hearing people's dreams can be interesting in the fact that what they will tell you about themselves by telling you about their dream. Because we all know dreams don't mean anything. I mean, right. random synapses going off in your head. But the, that is still in your head. These things are still in your conscious or subconscious. Sure. And it's neat to see what actually does appear in your subconscious. So even though it's ridiculous and no one really cares about dreams per se, if you get someone who's really into telling you, they will tell you so much about what's kind of on their mind and what they're really thinking about, which is fascinating. Sure, but the thing is, these are strangers. Oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah. in the context of the show, yes. I was talking about in yeah, life in general, yeah, but yeah. yeah, in the context of the show, these are people a decade older than you. Yeah, they have no connection. No. They don't give a fuck what you dreamed about once. You mean that nerd, Screech? Hey, hey, Alex. <laughs> Ten years ago, I had this nightmare about these people you don't know. You want to hear about it? No, you don't. Guys, you want to hear about a dream I had? Just as a podcast audience, I had a decade ago. I'm sorry. Of course not. We got to take this out of there. Hey, um... Do you want to go next door and see if um, one of my neighbors can tell us what they were doing 15 <laughs> years ago? Because that sounds That's what exciting. it is. Like, we had to remove it further yeah. than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I for one would love to have Keith back in here to talk about his brand loyal dreams. I almost on cue, it seems. He's like, does he, is your place bugged, Brad? I just... No, it's just Werner Herzog. He, puts, he has a bulletin board. He tells everybody what's happening in this apartment because he likes to listen in. I think he's making a documentary. Okay. Yeah. I only watch Michael Moore documentaries, though. It's it's a source of much conflict between us, but I'm brand loyal to Michael Moore. Because <laughs> I saw the Fahrenheit 9-11s. At one time, I had a nightmare. <laughs> it was a very bad nightmare. It was all my brands had turned against me. Oh, no. And I was forced out into the cold, and I had to make a harsh decision. Do I, do I, do I adopt new brands and become a new person? Or do I stay the same and be left out in the cold without my brands? Hmm. An internal struggle. And right before I made the decision, I woke up. I was left with chill bumps. It was it was the most terrifying dream ever. That's what I dreamed about. Thank you, Keith. I, I really appreciate it. I'm gonna that. go back I'm gonna go back climbing my bed right now, my Sealy Posturpedic. 
Thank you. So much, so much wisdom from Keith. Keith is just. Oh, he's great. Boring dreams, though. I boring dreams. Could have pegged that really one a mile boring. away. Yeah. But, but yes. So Lisa is talking about Screech, and it's for someone who tried to evade Screech through most of this season and every season. Uh, was also almost like forcefully. I, Screech would have raped her in a few episodes we saw when mm-hmm. it was crazy Screech and Tori was fucking everything up. Right. Um. She's talking about Screech, and even though he was he was really a nice guy, even though he was a big dork, and I didn't care about no. him. She also says that she left her fashion tips in her old locker, uh, behind her old locker. Hey, guess who's never going to go retrieve those? Yeah. <laughs> no one. Janitor's throwing them away. Ugh. No one wants Lisa Turtle. Hey, fa- quick fashion tip. Sometimes it's great to accessorize. People, Some people think you can't match your shirt and your pants and your shoes, so what you do is you incorporate your shoes into your clothing. You get boot print shirt. Boots. And you get boot print pants. You oh. wear like a boot print jumper with a belt on it with a boot belt buckle and you wear your boots. Even if Lisa <laughs> Even if Lisa Turtle had possibly been fashionable in 1993. <laughs> Alex, can you imagine anyone in 2003 wanting her advice? Dude. Advice from anyone from 1993 about fashion. Because 1993 was not a good year for fashion. Oh, dude. A lot of people have this misnomer that fashion is cyclical, um, which I don't think it is. No. Like, a lot of people say, well, people are wearing clothes like they did in the 70s. When we were younger, people said that, like, um, wide leg pants were a big thing. Hey, wide leg pants weren't a big thing in the 80s. Bell bottoms were. That's a totally different fashion. Plus, pants were, like, super tight. No one liked tight pants in the 80s, or 90s. Like, random things might, like, come in or out of style, but they're not the same. No, they're always different, yeah. because you don't copy something from that. Yeah. Even at a Renaissance festival, like, none of that is from old-timey. Ugh. It's all been changed and amalgamated. It's, yeah, that's weird. Ugh. So, if, all that to say, Lisa Turtle, no one gives a fuck about your dreams, no one gives a fuck about your fashion. True. Lisa Turtle, no one gives a fuck about you, and we are not going to see you again for a long time. My favorite part of watching this episode is when you, we were, like, almost... Nostalgic in her own right, like this is the last episode to say about the bell, the normal years we're gonna have to watch. And Brad was saying, like, oh, this is the last time we're gonna see that stupid flamingo, and this is the last <laughs> time I'll see Turtle. Turtle, I'm gonna miss you the least. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing watching this episode was that Brad's commentary about. I was, I was going for a little uh, um, Wizard of Oz, and you, Lisa Turtle, <laughs> you I will miss the least. Um, what are the other people talking about? Um, Slater talks about how he's going to miss uh, wrestling. He's going to miss pinning the creaming. Um, he's going to miss pinning and creaming him. He's going to miss pinning and creaming him. Belding says, um, you know, Slater's, Slater always talked up about me. I think he might say I'm one of his favorite. Hey, the two things I liked about say, but <laughs> No, <laughs> he says, Belding's wrong. I pinned him and creamed him, and I also like Jesse Spano. I'm, I'm down with one of those. Yeah. We see Jesse in a lot of different outfits, and this is pretty cute. Jesse's There was, like, the one dance episode where Turtle has is, like, a sprained leg, mm-hmm. and Casey Kasem comes out of nowhere. Casey Kasem? What the fuck? Casey Kasem, and uh, let's do the spring with Lisa Turtle. What? Um, but Kelly Kapowski's looking good in that red dress in that mm-hmm. episode. Yes, she is. Um, you cannot deny that. You Can't. yourself are like, well, hello, Kelly Kapowski. I have to point um, out whenever because it's rare. It is rare. Um, well, I, I I'm always more of a Kelly Kapowski girl. I'm more of a Jesse girl. It's fine. Um, We're a Jesse guy. Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> that is <laughs> kind of weird. Star. You're more of a Jesse's girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. 
What, Alex? I'm sorry. That that was weird. Um, I do love they they pretty much they played the whole. Uh, I'm so excited, Jesse Spano, oh, caffeine freakout, and that was really. That was the tops. Oh, so you good. You gotta have that. Zach is just freaking out like, hey, friend, you are just taking caffeine pills, <laughs> right? Because your reaction seems like you're coming down off something a little stronger. Are you cool? Oh. Hey, come on, Jesse. Do you remember that time we, we rode our bikes, snuck off to CET, and then we came home and it was so dark? Because it was night. Oh. <laughs> that was, my, that was my, my second favorite thing. It was, like, yeah. it was so dark that night. You mean it was dark outside? Oh, that's so good. And she comes down. But again, that brings so many questions. Why was she addicted to caffeine pills? Like, is that a thing? That's a th- caffeine addiction? That is a thing. That's a serious thing. Listen, it's I, up feel, there with I, meth. I feel Jesse Spano has problems. There's so much to do in a day. There's not enough time. And the way you get that done is caffeine. Fast food and caffeine. Um, sometimes. Um, oh, but she's also got to wash her head. That, that is a wonderful recap, and I love that we got to see that on the final yeah. episode. Yeah. A lot of stuff was taken from the first couple of seasons. Definitely. I, my question, again, is why are the... The one thing I want to talk about in my uh, in the video I'm leaving behind to the students of the future in my time capsule is that time I was addicted to caffeine. Um, what? It's important to let the kids know that addiction is a serious thing, and a caffeine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> oh, watch out! These kids are like, what caffeine? I'm like, I'm just like knocked back like three Red Bulls. I stopped at Starbucks before I came here. I think Starbucks is gonna be pretty good. They're just getting started. I, I really like them. Yeah, it would be energy drinks. Yeah, the kids like I drank a monster on the way here. I, I yeah, I took a couple I, I drank a couple of Red Bulls to wash down these Addies I just took. So I'm I'm ecstatic if she's excited. Like I am <laughs> through the fucking roof. Bitch didn't even know excited. Um so isn't that what I don't really remember all that Jesse talks about. I just remember Slater saying the stuff about how he pinned him and creamed him and that he's gonna miss Jesse. And then they do kind of a a Jesse and him montage. Yeah, and Jesse was like, um, you know, I was I was student, head of the student council, blah, blah, blah. They show her being successful. And like, But I also did some things I'm not really proud of. And then we did the whole caffeine. Because they played, like, a lot of that episode. Because it's the best episode of all times. Oh, yeah. I also love that since they had Jesse's room already, like, made as a set, mm-hmm. um, they used it twice in a season, apparently. Because there's another scene where, like, Slater comes to visit her and she, like, kisses him afterwards. Which must have been a totally different episode than this I'm So Excited episode. Which is fun. It's neat. Um, Jesse's room's also weird. Like, she's got, like, weird theater masks on her wall and just... She's a Batman poster? She has an old school Batman. Adam like, West. Adam West Batman. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I I feel like we didn't see that much of Zack. Yeah. There was, like, a weird lack of Zack uh, clips. And Zack is a god. Yeah. Like, come on. It was bizarre. Kelly Kapowski brings some weak sauce, too, because all she talks about, like, I was so honored to be voted homecoming queen or something. Ugh. Okay. But at least that makes sense in the idea of a time capsule. True. And we have the whole thing where she got, like, a zit. Also kind of, you know, dealing with teenage issues. Like, sure. oh, and I got a pimple on my nose, and I thought I was not going to have it, still have it at the end of the thing. It'll go to another dream sequence where there's two really attractive women, and then Kelly Kapowski rolls in with a clown nose on. Oi. But then they show her with, like, Zach had given her, like, this facial cream, and it turned her face maroon. Yeah. So they're like, she's got the most cool spirit. It, okay. Fair enough. And that's all she talks about. That's all she talks that's, about. That's all she has. That's all she she's has. She's useless. She's the worst. Poor girl. Oh, I also dated Zach Morris. We had an open relationship. We pioneered that in the 90s. And by the time you're seeing this, we're probably divorced. 
<laughs> we're gonna get married and we're not anymore. Ooh. He's gonna be work. He's gonna become a, a really successful lawyer. Defo. And uh, I'm gonna live. What was she on? Nine hundred two one zero. Yes. I, but wasn't she also on the new one? New one. Um, maybe. I think she made like a, a guest appearance or something. Awesome. Indeed. What does Zach talk about? Not much. Spoofs, goofs, some goofs, some schemes. Selling Turtle's clothes? I don't know, it was weird. That weird fucking scene where he's, like, selling Lisa Turtle's lingerie to Screech? <laughs> How about this item right here? I, I can't remember what, but Lisa was hard on for cash, and they rigged everything and had, like, this in-school sell auction. And she, they take advantage of Screech. Yeah. Who wants to Who wants to bet on this negligee that uh, Lisa Turtle wore last night while dreaming of Screech? My entire life savings! Creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes! There's also the point, because they said the one thing we liked most about Bayside was messing with building. And then there was the one from the Army episode where they basically... Basically, the Army came in and co-opted the school, and they had, like, the weird gladiatorial fighting. And building is bested on a gladiatorial joust. What was that thing on American Gladiators where they were on that big thing? The joust? Yeah. Twice. Both... Outsmarted both times by Kelly and Zach, which, again, shows why they were together. Defo. Nothing else really happened. Yeah, like, do we want to talk happen, about yeah. the future kids? Oof. Whose fashions mirrored those in the Yeah, uh, it was basically like knockoff of regular Saved by the Bell crew. Yeah. They're minus like cuz they had a, they had a Lisa. Yeah. And they, then, then they had a they they had, they had a black girl that couldn't dress herself properly. Yeah. <laughs> and who may have actually found those fashion tips already <laughs> yes. behind the thing. Yes, and then they they basically they had a screech. I mean, they, they, they had kind of a screech. They had a cooler screech. Yeah. They had like a geek as opposed to like super nerd like right. not, yeah um then they had like a Slater and a Zach and then they had like a nerd girl yeah who I guess was supposed to be like a nerdy Jesse I think that was their screech but then they had that guy I don't know it was fucking weird it was a, it was a lame lame weak sauce crew even Belden was like well I wouldn't call them better than you they're different meaning that no, they're better yeah cause when he's like Oh my gosh! This was a, this was left by one of one of our one of my best classes ever. He's like, well, I thought we were your best class. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, all of my students are. I, I, mean, I went to their wedding. I would I never just, go to your wedding. I don't I, care about you. I'm gonna forget you immediately when you graduate. You boring fuckos. You none of you helped deliver my baby. That is true. None of you are godfather to my child because they were delivered in an elevator. <gasps> uh, the only thing I was upset about, and I know it's because of filming, was that Tori was never mentioned. Because Tori didn't exist. Tori didn't exist in this universe. They got rid of her. Oh. Her witching is done. Done. Didn't float. No longer a witch. <sighs> she didn't make it across that bridge. Um, I also love how they still pranked everyone. Hey, Belding, from the video. Go up to your file cabinet and look under the file ZZ, double Z. Will it be Z, double Z? Immediately goes over, goes to a filing cabinet, which he's obviously must have had to open so many times. Immediately throws it back with all this force and then, Confetti! Yeah. Gotcha. So the one filing cabinet in Mr. Belding's office hasn't been opened in 10 years? Double Z's, man. <sighs> man Z's. Yeah, it was weird. We're dick. There was also the flashback where um, um, where Screech said that he would do anything for Zach. Yeah. Zach's my best pal! Which is the really part, only time we really get to hear anything about Zach. Uh, and I would do anything for him, and he made sure I did. And you see Screech, like, dressing up. Um, what is that girl's name? The, uh, the banana lady who has all the fruit on her head. Carmen Miranda. Carmen Miranda. Um, okay. We also see him dress up as a new girl from school to go in the ladies' locker room. And then we see him dress up as an old lady to go in the girls' locker room. 
Like, basically, Screech just dresses up like a woman for Zack. All the time. All right. Well, that'll be interesting when we get to the college years. Yeah. <laughs> Standing on the edge of tomorrow today. Is there anything else in this episode that really jumps out at you, Brad? I, I mean, it's a classic clip show. One of the worst it. I've seen, probably, just because <laughs> it, it incorporates dream sequences. I think I, I think that's it. I think that's Save by the Bell. Alex, Save by the Bell. Who won and who lost this series? This series? Whoa. Because I, I, the show, I think... Um, Belding's mustache lost. Oh, yeah. And uh, VHS won. <laughs> it had one last hurrah. <laughs> it won the format wars. <laughs> hey, guys, we put this on VHS because we were betting off Betamax. It's just going to fly <laughs> out. The football team lost because they had their field dug up to find this stupid thing. Remember that game we almost won? Well, there's been a lot of those. <laughs> Football's been cut. Especially <laughs> like the liberal arts school we've been going to this whole time. But the whole series, who won and who lost, that's hard to talk about. I think Tori lost because she Tori was erased. Lost. Yeah, because she was erased. She lost it. She couldn't hold on to any power. Yeah. Who won, though? I mean, obviously, Zack, right? He's a god. Yeah. yeah, Zach has all the powers. Yeah. Zach wins. Zach wins, Tori loses. Zach wins, Tori loses. Now, the only thing that might make Zach lose is that we know that he doesn't go to uh, whatever Ivy League school he was originally enrolled yeah. in. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> because we're going to start watching. Guys, we're done with Say by the Bell. It's been a wonderful ride. Thank you for joining us for it. Indeed. It, it is sad. It was like when we watched the, the last episode of Charles in Charge. Like, it was sad. Sure. Because, you know, we're we're not going to be talking about our friends every week like we used oh, to. Oh, but I think we are because we're going to be talking about Say by the Bell, the college years. Mm, bingo! Woo! Everyone's back. Wow, most everyone's well, back. Jesse Spano's was not back. Which brings us to another point, Alex. Uh, as we close out things uh, with Saved by the Bell, and we say goodbye to Jesse Spano. Alex, it's that time of year again. Jesse Spano, Elizabeth Berkeley, has served her time as world's greatest human. Wow, I almost... Yeah! And it is time to find a new world's greatest human. Oh, man. So I think we're going to put something up on the Facebook group. Yeah, we need help with this, guys. Um, again, we, we try to switch between uh, male and female every year. Oh, the answer so, is obvious in my head presently. But I think there's a couple. I, there's I, a couple in the running. I think I think already, I think um, Dr. David Hasselhoff. Oh, of course, Mr. Dr. David Hasselhoff. And I think also Mr. Steven Guttenberg. Oh, yeah. I think those are two people that are high up in the rankings. Uh, we're going to throw it out there, you guys, of course... If you have other entries, feel free to send those in or put them on the Facebook group. We'll put up a vote, and then we'll consider your vote. But in the end, of course, we will make our own decision. Yeah, but it might be influenced. But you can influence us, help sway our vote one way or the other. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, we'll do that. Um, I think Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, we'll announce the new World's Greatest Human. That works for me. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. It's always a pleasure to come here and do the show with Brad. Um, we've got a lot of exciting things happening coming up, but you know more on that later. Just get really pumped. Ramjack is... We got we got some... There's some fun stuff happening. There's some things happening. Um, but we would love to hear from you guys, and we thank you for all the feedback you give us. Um, we got a lot of feedback, interesting feedback. Indeed. Um, some stuff finally made it in. Uh, but there's multiple ways you can actually contact us. You can send us a letter, which you can find the um, address on our website, curiosityabounds.com forward slash ramjack. Um, you can phone us, and you can do that by calling 206-339-5894. And Brad, do we have any we do. actual voicemails? We have quite a few. Oh, exciting. Hi, Ramjack, Paul Mackey. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to call because I can confess to having been a grotesque, um, much as uh, 
Brad is talking about the uh, employees of the uh, Kroger. I was uh, back in the uh, mid-90s an employee of uh, Hollywood Video. And at Hollywood Video, I wore a, uh, you know, a tuxedo shirt. I don't know what it is, you know, the thing with the sort of the fluting. I don't even know what it's called. I could talk to my wife, the uh, apparel and costume designer, and find out what the name is for the tuxedo shirt with all the little, you know, piping things or whatever. But, and then, you know, clip-on bow tie. No, no. Paul? Paul, are you okay? I think he's okay. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure because we have another voicemail. Ramjack voicemail cut me off. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, tuxedo type shirt, clip-on bow tie, and I think, I can't hardly remember, I believe I was wearing a cummerbund, or I might not have been. I don't know. I've only worn one a few times, so, but I think I had to wear one for Hollywood video. It's a little hazy. This was, uh, this was uh, you know, full-on VHS era pre-DVD, or at least uh, DVDs weren't offered at Hollywood at that point. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I've been that, and uh, yeah, I felt fucking stupid. Uh, talk to you guys later, bye. What other way could you feel? A cummerbund is an interesting, Oof. mandatory wardrobe. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Gross. I love that he used your words exactly. I was a grotesque. Well, yeah. Mackie, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I there's had to wear, everything wrong with that. I had to wear a horrible outfit for Chick-fil-A when I worked there. That was just really not form-fitting. I eventually got, like I guess, like a female's medium that actually fit me, which was awesome because before that, it was super baggy. I was channeling like a 90s kind of aesthetic, uh. straight out of Lisa Turtle's fashion choices from the back of that locker. Um, but I eventually wore stuff that was a, more form-fitting, at least, um, which I liked. But I also had to wear the mascot costume a few times, yeah. which we've talked about that on the show before. And I have tons of stories from that. But fuck, yeah. Having to wear stuff for your job is the worst. I Because I worked at a Kroger, um, and yeah, and I had to wear one of those awful fucking polo, like gross knit polo shirts. And there was like a and there was like a place to put your name tag, which I uh, never, I never fucking wore a name tag. Eh. Always, I was always getting in trouble for not wearing a name tag because I was like, these people don't need to know my name. Fuck this shit. And I hated that place. I'm a cog in the machine for them. They, yeah, they don't care. And like nobody generally mind except the fact that this fucking dumbass Jared. Oh, the dude you beat up. Yeah, um, was always like, hey, you were wearing your name tag. Hey, Brad, why aren't you wearing your name tag? And then I would get in trouble for it because he's pointing it out loudly. Um, but yeah, eventually I did just beat the shit out of that guy. We've told that story on the show before, so have we? Okay. Surely we have. Regardless, I beat up a dude and it was awesome fun. Barely, I really barely touched him, but he went running to the front of the store. I want to file a complaint! I want to file a complaint! It was You just roughed him up a bit. You gave him a warning. You gave him a stern talking to. I gave him a stern talking to in the back of the store that left his face a bit reddish. And it was hilarious. I will say this is a pro tip for the youngs out there who may be looking for jobs. If you want to avoid being a grotesque, work at a clothing store. Because mm-hmm. the only mandatory wardrobe is you wear stuff from that clothing store. And worked at the buckle. Pretty fashionable for all those years. Nice. So that works. Nice. Pro tip. We have more voicemails though, right? We do. Get back to the freezer room. Hey guys, uh, Paul Mackey again. Still in the freezer room. Well, back in the freezer room. And uh, calling to ask you about something, uh, you know, a hypothetical situation 40 years from now or so. So say, uh, you know, 2052. All right. One of these four situations is true. And which one is it? I'm dead. A. Brad seeks out grocery store grand reopenings for free salad because he's an old and that's what olds do. (laughs) B. Now that his house is hoarded up, Brad does all his dining actually at the grocery store. 
See, as a multiple Pulitzer and Nobel laureate, Brad sent his personal assistant to the grocery store. Or D, Brad took himself out 20 years back. D, definitely. is true. 40 years from now, round 2052. Thanks, bye. I'll take myself out a lot longer than 20 years. The second scenario, I wouldn't wish on any human being. Yeah, that's terrible. Your house is so hoarded up that you now have to eat in the grocery store? Gross. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. I do still kind of like the first one because it means you're still alive. And that you've become the thing that you hate. <laughs> Old and <laughs> Julian, you love me becoming the thing well, I no, hate. I think there's there's something interesting in that. Um, because we'll also both be old. So are we doing the podcast at the store? Mm-hmm. Well, Brad and I on location. It's a regular. It's almost like a Black Friday out here, Brad, isn't it? It's so exciting. They've got a chocolate fountain. Yeah. Brad and I are going to put a dance in it. <laughs> Because the show could... Who knows what we're doing there, but we're definitely olds on location filming things. Look at those old guys. They're podcasting. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's like a baby's toy. <laughs> As they, like, hit a button on their Google contacts, which are in their eyes. Oh. Um. So, I, yeah, that would just be interesting as olds living that old mm-hmm. mentality. But I also like the third one where right. you're a Nobel laureate. Right. Um, because well, that means we made it. The show made it. Well, I made it. Well, you I made it. it. I don't know, but you could be dead in all of these scenarios. I could be the assistant going didn't... to go get you food. Uh, <laughs> who knows what's going on? I could, There is no... It is interesting that I'm not in any of these I scenarios. I know. That's the weird part because you're most likely going to be alive. Probably. Let's like hope. me, like if I make it like through the month, I'm going to be shocked. So, yeah, I... Given everything you would think that D is the proper answer, Obviously. I'm going to go with C. I, I hope that C is the proper one. I'm going to go E. Um, I'll be dead long before 20 years from now. Well, 50 years from now is when it was. Four, so it was 40, but 30. looking back 20. So wow, I was on regular Say by the Bell time capsule. Yeah, that's. But can, can we can we please make a Ramjack VHS time <laughs> capsule and hide it in a baseball and not like bury it in a field? <laughs> Let's do it. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. We may have to do that. Yeah. Uh, somebody call in with uh, um, guesses on what Alex might be doing in 40 years. Because he's yeah, well, the more likely to be around. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Right. Um, uh, thank you, Paul, for those Indeed. voicemails. There's a lot of intriguing stuff. Who's this? It's me. John Furnifect. I wanted to call in and talk a little bit more about the Night Whispers episode of Baywatch Nights. Now, I don't know if either of you mentioned... Uh, this, Brad, I don't know if you even noticed it, but when when Dr. David Hasselhoff goes to Angie Harmon's apartment, when they enter and we see the living room, that is the exact set and arrangement of furniture that we saw in the Mysterious Cabin episode. I mean, honestly, down to the structure of the room, how it's all set up, I don't think they changed a single thing. They just told everyone, well, we're just going to use this as the interior of the cabin as well. It really blew my mind. I don't know if you noticed that, uh, but that's, you know, that's why I'm here. I'm just, I'm, on, I'm, I'm throwing back the curtain and exposing the wizard that is Baywatch Nights. Angie Armour is a terrible actress. Now, the other thing I, I kind of thought was happening, but uh, clearly was not, uh, when the hapless jogger becomes the first victim of the beautiful vampire, uh, he makes that sound, that sort of death rattle, that exhalation of his final breath. But I could have sworn that mixed in with that was the sound 
of, of burping. I honestly thought that Baywatch and I stooped it so low in that moment as to uh, basically insinuate that the vampire belched while eating this man's internal fluids. And I, I told myself, no, that's not what happened. I just misheard. This show is not really doing that. It's a ridiculous show, and at this point I understand that it understands that. But uh, I, I, I gave it a little bit of slack right there. I was like, I don't think you're actually doing that. Please tell me you're not doing that. They watch it. Um, also, just real quick, in the opening moment, uh, it's like that long pause when I just swallowed all of the uh, saliva in my mouth because I talk constantly. I never stop talking. Uh, in the opening when the vampire is sort of doing her pre-masturbation uh, uh, routine, I mean, that's what it looked like was happening. It just looked like she was about to really go to town on her inner Transylvania. That's what I call vaginas. Um, but the, in, in one moment, she she takes the baby's breast and she just she presses her lips against it a little bit too hard. Like, she kind of smashes her, the lower half of her skull into the baby's breast. And it's supposed to be sexy and it just, it comes off as really odd. Uh, like, mm, baby's breath. All right, back off, lady. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, I will let you go. It's, and Alex, God, it's, I don't want it to come up. I just, the, the French deserve to have it heard correctly. I'm sure you have French listeners. Je suis la Je suis la Je suis la There's always, I feel like you're doing it on purpose. I'm going to cut you some slack, just like I cut They Watch Nights some slack. Uh, Andrew Harbin is a terrible actress. Bye. Fuck off. And Herman's wonderful. The scripts are terrible. Well, I will say her delivery of um, vampires is uh, not only adorable, adorable, but pretty bad. <laughs> it's adorable and hilarious. But who is she working against? She's working against David Hasselhoff. Well, she's working against a terrible script, but she's hilarious in it. Um, Have you heard of that um Italian, I think it's Italian, um uh, Star Wars clone movie? No. Um, it stars David Hasselhoff as a space prince, so we may have to watch it. Oh, yes. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. A young Dr. David Hasselhoff as a space prince. That sounds pretty rad. Um, I just discovered it, like, we, two days ago. Uh, we should ago. also track down that, um, the Nick Fury movie starring David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. That'll be cool. Oh. Jonathan, thank you so much for throwing in. I, I'm sorry I mispronounced, uh, the French speaking that... Zoot Suit Riot? Yeah, Zoot Suit Riot. I apologize again, but he brings up some very interesting points on nights. Um, doesn't shock me they reuse the set. That's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes me wonder now, is there is there another level of paranormal activity happening in the Baywatch <laughs> nights that Jonathan has stumbled upon? Well, the thing is... That makes it one of the best shows ever made, maybe? Oh, definitely. Well, the thing is, we were watching on the tiny television at that time, because it was before the brand new awesome TV got here. Yeah. So, uh, we, we it's very obvious we could have missed some things. What we didn't miss was the greatest show ever made, <laughs> Baywatch Nights. Jonathan, thank you. So, I love hearing from you again. Indeed. Uh, it's so great. Thank you. We have another voicemail. Or You guys are spoiling us with your voicemail feedback. Oh, hi, Ramjack. Uh, Paul Mackey, the freezer room, the very early hours of Saturday morning, and I believe you are recording later today. Um, and I'm uh, losing my voice, apparently. <clears throat> so anyways... Um, Let's see. I would be leaving a voicemail right now, or recording a voicemail right now for <clears throat> Intro to X, but uh, you guys don't have a uh, voicemail line, and uh, and I forgot my recorder. 
Um, wow, this isn't going well. My voice is really old. I don't talk to anybody all night long. Can you tell? Um, okay, I'll, I'll get back to you after I clear my throat some. I don't want to subject you to that. But the Mr. Remains, did Paul Mackey clear his throat? Did he regain his voice? Will we ever find out? Probably? Yeah, probably. I hope so. Yeah, uh, my first question is, he forgot his recorder? Forgot his recorder. So, I mean, like, the recorder we played in elementary school or grade school? Yes. Like, he was going to play Hot Cross Buns for the X-Cast? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, uh, we put out a call out. Uh, though we don't have a voice in my line, we do accept people playing a recorded version of them playing Hot Cross Buns <laughs> on a recorder. Guys, just so you know, Brad does do another podcast called X-Cast. Where in they intro to X. Intro to X. Our intro talks. Um, where... You guys are reviewing are going back in a retrospective to watch X Files. I've wa- I've listened to some of the first episode. It's it's a good time. I, I enjoy it. But you have to have a recorder, or they're not going to listen. to Sorry, you. that's just how we roll. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, you know, everybody's got to have their thing. That's ours. God, I wish we, we could just get all our listeners to influx the uh, intro to X-Cast with just like a whole bunch of hot cross buns being played. Oh, man, what, and we'll never explain it. I'm on the edge of my seat, literally on this couch. What happened to Mackie? Oh, that's much better. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, so the other thing I was going to add is, you know, that previous, not the previous voicemail where I was losing my voice, but the previous, previous voicemail when I was talking about the grocery store shopping, or maybe that was even three voicemails ago. I don't know. Anyway, I thought of another option. The other option is that one of uh, one of Brad's six grandkids goes out and gets the groceries for him. That's another possibility. No, it's not. But uh, I'm really going for the one where Brad takes himself out ahead of time. Yeah. So how about that? Uh, anyways, I will. Uh, I'm, I've had some coffee, and it's uh, it's like at two in the morning on a Saturday, and I still have to go out and get some uh, food at some point. So I'll probably talk to you guys again because I'm a, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys again. Talk to you later. Bye. I'm a I'm, I'm a, a I'm a werewolf. Is I'm that? a I'm a I'm a so excited because I've had so much caffeine. I'm so excited. Two I'm things. So, <laughs> I'm so All, scared. If Saved by the Bells taught me anything, be careful. Not a damn thing about fashion. Be careful with caffeine. Be careful. Second, Paul, uh, maybe you want to be able to play some bets at the casino because I think he knows <laughs> where where we stood as far as mm-hmm. like. What the yeah. options were. What do yeah. you think about having grandkids, Brad? I before even having children. I <laughs> I don't foresee that happening. I think I'll be dead before that happens. I think I'll be long dead. We'll see what happens. Because the podcast will be going I, on for as long as you know. Sure. Forever. Sure. So, I mean, until that day. I, well, guess what, guys? Oh. Paul was right. Or Paul wasn't right. Yeah. Some of these, Paul, all the scenarios were wrong. Paul called it. So, uh... Paul was wrong. We're on Mars right now. We're doing you the, the latest episode of Aramjack. Broadcasting live from Mars. Yeah. Long dead. Long dead. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Thank you for giving your feedback. Um, we have more feedback. Guys, we, we talked about sending us a letter. We got um, a letter. Go to the website. Again, curiosityabounds.com uh, slash ramjack. You will be able to get our address. Send us a letter. It may or may not get here. It may take a while to get here. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe throw my name on top of it and it somehow gets here. But we got a letter from Des. Okay, nice. Des is from Pensacola, Florida. Oh, no, no. Des. If you have any magic cards, bury them in your backyard. Hide those magic Hide cards. Em. Hide them. Hide them. People are coming for you in the night. They're coming. Fact. Um, yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's crank this out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 
Dear Brad and Alex, I like you. Do you like me? Check one. Yes or no? Desiree. Desiree. And then she gives us her email address. She gives us her, her, her Twitter handle. Oh, so I guess we That's need to respond. That's not what email addresses look like. I guess we need to respond to this, right? <laughs> check it and send it back? Um, clearly. Clearly we should create a formal response. And I think we'll do that. Um, I think this is a personal matter. Should we should we deal with this on the air or should we take this off the air? Maybe off the air. Maybe, I think this is this is a serious, important matter. We're going to take this off the air. This is between us and Des. All right? You know, you know Zinelli's? You don't get to know. If you want to know, maybe you should write us a letter. Say, hey, did you guys like Des? Did you not <laughs> like Des? How do you feel about me? Are you still alive? Has Brad committed suicide yet? Probably. But hurry up, send those letters. I love that you want to take it all fair. Do we take it away? Do we take it from the watching eye of the public and just like this deal with it on the... Personal all, issues. This is a personal issue. Personal issues. Personal issue. Personal. Guys, you can send us an email at ramjack at gmail.com. Ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. My bad. Find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Indeed. Hit us up on Twitter at ramjackpodcast. Tweet, 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 tweet. You can also find us on Facebook. Get in that group. There's some fun stuff happening there all the time. Indeed, you can you can place your bets and your uh, your endorsements for uh, World's Greatest Human. Yeah. Who's it gonna be? Also, just some wonderful dialogue between all of us guys. It's a good time. It's a fun time. It's the best reason to be on Facebook. You know what? I agree to that. We also post uh, people that lose at Facebook in our group. <laughs> I've got a. <laughs> I got quite a funny. few that have been racking up that I need to start posting them. Yeah, yeah, I want to save them for the show in case we ever actually play that game again or shave them for other things. But, yeah, dude, that, there have been a lot of people losing at Facebook lately. Yeah, there like, has. Tragically losing at Facebook. How about that one with the sad dog and the ugly baby? <laughs> God damn, your baby's ugly. Why are you posting that on Facebook with a dog and a CGI background? Fuck that shit. <laughs> Best friends. No, they're not. One of them is a dog. The other one is an ugly baby. If you guys aren't looking, that baby is going to not share any of its stickers with that dog. And that dog is going to bite that baby's head off and then fuck it. Seriously. Because that's what animals do when no one's watching. Seriously. That was from a friend from high school, which is one of our few friends that wasn't recently arrested in a meth bust. (laughs) (laughs) Put that in your fucking, um, in in your time capsule. I was going to go to the, hey, we found this in the football field. Is it a time cap? Open it and just meth. Just crystal just meth, meth everywhere. Just blue meth. Yeah, um, yeah, guys. For Brad serious. says our friends, but by that we mean high school acquaintances. I would never consider any of them. Did I friends. say friends? You said the word friends. I didn't mean friends. You meant friends in the generic term. Yeah, I meant people we went to high school with. A group of them <laughs> busted up for meth. <laughs> Hilariously. Mug shots and everything online. Ooh. Hilarious! Ooh. Yeah. The big question is, should they be trying as adults or as juvenile adults? How about this <laughs> Because that's a that's a new thing we should Alright, we're, we're not gonna try to use an adult because you're under the age of twenty-six. <laughs> but um yeah, you're a juvenile adult. The uh, just on on that topic for a second, the best thing I saw about it on Facebook was somebody saying, you know the weird thing about this is no one seems surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, Tennessee, everybody. Jackson, okay, Tennessee, yeah, give it a worst, hand. The worst place to raise you. Um uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to Ram Jack. Indeed. Um it's always a pleasure. Always great to be here, here chatting with Brad. Absolutely, fun times. Um, as long as we can. Um, as, as long as, as this strange lasts. As long as this um, lasts. It's running out, we're running out of time. I would like to wish everyone a happy holiday. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Don't let it sneak up on you. If you missed out on Halloween, Thanksgiving's only a few weeks from now. Yes. It is only a few weeks from now. For real? Guys, make sure you get your cornucopias out. Stuff them with stuff. 
Um, Kettle Cornyn. Kettle Cornyn. Like Felipe a true, Rose. Like a true American. Kettle Cornyn, that shit, and Felipe Rose, like a native. Seriously. Um, uh, always remember to be brand loyal. All, right? Always be brand loyal. Um, uh, and, of course, we're in the thick of all the holiday stuff. So, again, happy holidays. We wish you well in this season's. This extended season. God, I can't wait to hear Black Friday stuff. I, it's going to be fun time. Oh, times, that guys. is going to be fun. I can't wait for Black Friday. Thanksgiving. Black Friday. Uh, holiday. <laughs> Good times, fun stuff. Winter solstice. Winter solstice. Yeah, it's great. And we're Indeed. glad to be here. We're glad to bring you a quality podcast. We love it. Indeed. But guys, all these, all these events, all this excitement, this could all go away mm. in just one instant. If the Alpha stop watching and everything turns into a summer campaign. Perhaps he'll go away Perhaps he'll go away